Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keen. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Junior. Released by Universal Pictures on November 23rd, 1994, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson, Frank Langella, Pamela Reed, Ada Turturro, and Judy Collins. Written by Kevin Wade and Chris Conrad, directed by Ivan Reitman. It goes without saying what we think about this movie. Uh, I hate this movie. I do too, and I, I'll, I'm just I'm going to put it out there. I think this is the worst movie that we've done. I might be with you. I haven't fully decided yet. I but did. I've got my rankings, and that's they're, right now they're tied. I have not decided. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I remember that it was bad, and that I only saw it once. I did not remember this. It's not. I mean, it's not funny. It's not. It's not. It's just bad. There's nothing there. I mean. I got angry just because there were so many times in this movie where I, someone would say a line and I would go, is that supposed to be funny? Like, not even as a joke, like, oh, that was a bad joke. I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. Yeah. And that's like a special level of failure. If you're trying to write a comedy <laughs> and you can't even tell if it's supposed to be a joke, I, multiple times. Like, you know, I certainly didn't laugh once. No. so Or you, even crack a smile. I'm trying to think if I did. I I don't even think I had like a awkward, like painful, like this is so bad kind of like smile or yeah, laugh. Agreed. I mean, that it, in some ways, maybe we should respect this movie that it can be a <laughs> right. comedy and not even accidentally make you laugh. It's it's so not apparent when the jokes are coming that you're not saying, oh, what a bad joke, because it's it's almost probably better. It's like it's not. It's definitely not like painfully unfunny because it's just not. There's just, you don't notice that the jokes are going by until like a second later. Like, oh, wait, I think that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, um, I, I, to be honest, I, I struggle. I'm like, I don't even know what to talk about in the intro. I just don't think there is anything. I've got a couple things I want to talk about. I mean, number one, I think they just don't understand where, where the potential in this premise is, frankly. You've cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as a man who's going to become pregnant, and, they don't use his persona at all. Like you'd think it would be like what I, I mean, honestly, if you come to me and said, here's a premise, Arnold Schwarzenegger's pregnant, go. If you don't give me any more guidance, it's, it should either be one of two things. Either he's a soldier like in the military and this is like a military project and he's the toughest guy in the world, <laughs> you know, and to show that contrast of just like, yeah. I'm ready for anything. I've, you know, fought, so, and, fought in wars and John, things. John Matrix is pregnant basically. And that's a little too cartoony, I think, but like, I'd say more like Dutch, a little okay. more real, but still pretty cartoony. Yeah. But like a guy who's just like, I'm ready for anything. I'm not afraid of anything. And then he gets pregnant and he's like, oh, I'm he's just gonna, broken down. Right, exactly. I mean, that's, there's comedy to be mined there. They don't do that at all here. No. I mean, Arnold's character at the beginning of this movie is a blank slate. He's, he's like a, just a cardboard cutout that he, can talk. Right. Like, it's almost supposed to be like a joke. Like, oh, he has no charisma. It's like, well, why did you cast Arnold if you're going to, I mean, I, I guess he has some place to go, but it's just like. And what's funny, not to, to cut you off, no, but what's funny is that he says that, he, you know, when he's leaving to go back to Austria, how he's not well liked. It's like, yes, the audience right. hates you too. <laughs> I had the exact same note. It's like, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> You are not well liked by anybody, including me, <laughs> including those in the yeah. You're in right. The audience, the audience everybody. Um, but it's like I'm sure they thought what they were doing was, oh, he's this unemotional Spock-like character, yeah. and he's becoming more emotional. But that's not what it comes off as. He's such a blank slate that when he changes, you have nothing to compare it to. It's yeah. like, oh, he's not a changed person. He just has grown a personality over the course of the movie. It's not like he's, you know, you don't have that the, the before. Yeah, and. 
I, if you were, if you're going to go that route, which they chose to do, then, you know, no, no offense to Arnold, but Arnold's not the right choice right. for that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he can't play blank slate because he does and it's fine, but I just, I, it's, it, it's not his strength. I mean, it would have been, as you said, far better to mine playing up his charisma and his tough guy image than having him trying to play two characters that he really isn't, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's he's better in the second half, only by comparison because there's literally nothing in the first half. Yeah. I think the goal was to make him unlikable, and I just don't think Arnold does a good job of that. He seems to just be playing it blank, whereas if it, if it was an actor who was better at playing someone who's a little more despicable... Yeah, you know, or even not despicable, but just like you know, whatever rude or I don't know, like you could cast like Robert Downey Jr. and he could do something like that, where it's just like he's just an asshole and he's not really he only thinks of himself and blah blah blah. Like, right. So something that actually has some some like heft to it, you know, someone who only thinks of himself. As simplistic as that is, it's way more than they give him here. He's just nothing. Yeah. He has no defining characteristics nope. until he becomes pregnant, and that's his defining characteristic. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Um. But also, another level deeper than that, I don't know why they decided to make it based in like reality and like science. It should have just been magic or like right. he made a wish in a Zoltar machine, you know what I mean? And like actually, something like that. I, I think the Zoltar machine would have been awesome. <laughs> right. You know, it was like, uh, or like maybe he's like, I wish I had children, like, but yeah, you know, I, it, and this is the twist on it, the monkey paw twist. Of, <laughs> you know, oh, you have children, all right, you know? Yes, like, literally. But the, there's no way to make this make sense in a scientific way. I and mean, when, when we get into the details, just the biology of it, it's like they, they don't. They don't even try. Make an effort yeah, to explain no. how any of this could be plausible because it's not. It, it isn't, and in particular, if you're going to do it, as you said, you may as well just make it magic. Yeah, that probably makes the most sense. I mean, in that, in that scenario, my whole military thing probably doesn't make sense, but it's just like it was one, one of the other yeah, of but, those two, I think, would work much better than this, like, we're university people and we've designed this drug, and it's just, based on this premise, I don't buy the idea that Arnold is pregnant. It's just like, they don't really don't, don't sell me on this at all. No, and no offense to either DeVito or Arnold. I don't, I don't buy either one of them as doctors. I, it just, <laughs> no, I, again, it's no offense. I don't think they had a ton to work with, but I, they certainly didn't make it better either. Either one of them. I mean, these are not great performances in my view from either one of them. I don't think I'd go that far. I, I, I think I'm less down on the performances than you, but, uh, I know where you're coming from. I can buy Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger as scientists. I mean, he was, he was Victor Freeze. You bought him as Victor Freeze. <laughs> that was just fun. This isn't fun. That makes more sense than this. He fell into a freezing chemical, and it's like, now he's he's ice. It's like, I'll buy that before I'll buy injecting into a, a cavity in your what's, stomach. And what's amazing to me, just talking about this out loud, is as awful and as bad as Batman and Robin is, it is, I mean... Miles worse. Oh, yes, this is... I mean, that I could watch that... Ten times before I'd watch this again. Oh, yeah. I could watch Collateral Damage ten times before watching this again. I I could watch uh, End of Days before. All of them. Any of them, yeah. And even maybe the villain. uh, This was just so bad. Yeah, I think the villain might be a better movie. At least there's. it's kind of silly and stupid, whereas this is just... I at least... I remember laughing at least once. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least smiling, even if it was just whiskey, as dumb as that joke was. You knew knew where the jokes were there. (laughs) That's the opposite. Yes. <laughs> they were so blunt. Uh, yeah. Anyway. The other thing before we jump in, uh, I, I noticed it, and it wasn't like a one-to-one thing, but this is directed by Ivan Reitman. 
I noticed it has a very similar structure to Ghostbusters in a sense that they're mm. scientists, their uh, field is not necessarily supported by the university. university you got a crusty old dean. Yeah, who they get, they get kicked out and they go into business for themselves. They put themselves into danger to test out this science that they've developed. Yeah, you're right. There's a government bureaucracy that is not being kind to them in both You're cases. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Langella is basically the Walter Peck of this movie. <laughs> um, you know, in the end, they, they prove that their their science is improving the world, etc. Like, You're right. It's loose, but... I, had, I did not catch that at all. Since it was Ivan Reitman, I'm going, yeah, this is a little bit... I mean, this is the opposite side of the coin. Yes. That's a great movie, and this is <laughs> not. They, those could not be further apart in terms of their... Everything, quotability, impact, and, and memorability, and quality. They're so far on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but you're right. There's a lot of similarity in the structure, without yeah. a doubt. Just something I noticed. I not necessarily hey, have like a ton to say about we're, this. We're scraping by for <laughs> anything of value in this, this episode. Well, well, before we get to more scraping, I know you want to put this movie in context since we haven't been able to in previous episodes in terms of just, you know, this came out in 1994. That's correct. Uh, holiday time. So, and I know you've talked about it in the past. 1994 was definitely a banner year for films, so. Yeah, we, all right. We I, talked about doing this up front to make sure we get to it. You know, I, I know this will probably be a short episode, but still, let's I'm, just be safe. I'm more than happy, because maybe this will make me feel a little bit better about going through the actual movie. I think it'll actually help just to put it in context to just yeah. say, look at all the great movies that came out, and then there's Junior. So, in, you know, in some of our past episodes, we did it at the back end, and I would always try and you know, kind of lead off with the top ten. So I'll, I'll let you guess what was the top grossing. These aren't a top fl- grossing. Yeah, inflation adjusted. Was that the year of Independence Day? No, Independence Day was not in 1994. So 95 or 96? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Forrest Gump. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> Forrest Gump at uh, just under $330 million and only separated by a million dollars, The Lion King. That was number two? Yeah, it was number I two. I would have never guessed that. I, the animated movies probably yeah, would have never it, jumped into my head. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Uh, uh, at, and then next was True Lies. So I was going to guess that next. Number, number three at $146 million. So there, that's a big drop-off between one and two down to number three. Not that there's anything to sneeze at for almost $150 million in 1994. Yeah, I mean, Forrest Gump was a smash hit. Yeah. I mean, I, there's I, no, it seems like The Lion King was too, apparently. Yeah. Uh, the, let me, let the, me guess a few. The <laughs> next two, I was surprised. They're, I'll give you this. They're family movies. Four and five. Family movies, 1994. Yeah. Home Alone 3? <laughs> there, there are some fun sequels in 94 as I was going through the list, but no. The, these are uh, both. Oh, boy. These are, I'll, I'll give you this. The, they're both family movies that had sequels in later years, but these are the, the first one. First oh, the first one. I was about to guess Christmas Vacation. No. Oh, they had sequels later. I'll give you, I'll give you number four stars Tim Allen. I was thinking about Tim Allen, but I can't remember. Is it the Santa Claus? It is the Santa Claus. Is that Claus. a top ten movie? Is it number four? I was shocked by that. $144 that million. Dollars. The other one isn't Toy Story, is it? No. Okay. Flintstones. <laughs> oh, the man. Flintstones. I would have never guessed that in a million no. years. Th- those two, I was shocked. Santa Claus more than the Flintstones. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Pulp Fiction is in there somewhere? Pulp Fiction is in there. Number 10. 100, just, over, uh, just under $108 million. Just cracked it, huh? So number six, uh, a comedy... And it's actually one that I probably shouldn't admit this, but I, I still enjoy, even though I probably should have outgrown it at this point. Is it Naked Gun two and a half or something like that? No. Well, just tell me. Jim Carrey at the height of his career. Oh, is it Liar Liar? Mm, no. This, this seems too I think late liar, for... Liar Liar, I think, was the next year. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, oh, I thought that was earlier. No. I, okay. I, and I, I, 
I'm embarrassed to admit, I still will laugh at Dumb and Dumber. I don't remember. I remember that being funny. Like, I don't think that's embarrassing. All right. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm, I'll bet it holds up. Number seven is a movie that we have talked about so many times on this podcast. We should just do this movie. Boy, I don't even know. What, we we what should just be. bail on Junior. Oh, and just, is it clear and present yes. danger? <laughs> it's clear and present danger. How could I not know? Uh, pretty impressive at $122 million. That is impressive. I mean, but that time the Jack Ryan movies were a pretty big deal. Yeah, and that was, so you had Patriot Games. It was the third one, yeah. It was Patriot uh, Games before that. And for October. Yeah, and yeah. then number eight. Just tell me. I'm, I'm, I, I can't think of any more movies from that It year. would be called The Bus That Couldn't <laughs> Slow Down. Okay, that's speed. Speed, yes. Wow, that seems million? like it would be later. My whole like nineties, mid nineties, like <laughs> they're all blurring together. Yeah. See the the main. I thought Independence Day was ninety four, and I thought I thought Independence Day was earlier and Speed was later. Only because of Frank Costanza and knowing like when the Seinfeld episodes generally were airing. You, yeah, I guess I, that's true. You, because it was the net starring with the girl from the <laughs> right. bus. I could have sworn that the Speed came out after Independence Day. No. But I don't know why I have that impression. Uh, and then number nine, actually, it was a huge year for Jim Carrey. The Mask was number nine. So. That was 94? Yeah. I boy, was, my whole, I, I, I could swear, if you would ask me how much of a gap was there between The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, I would have said four years. I can't believe those are the same year. I'm, I'm surprised, too. I don't know if I would have guessed four years. I would have guessed that The Mask was the year before. I thought that was like his first like big movie. Well, no. I you, thought that was before Ace Ventura. Uh, or like, same year. No. So, okay. It, it's, it shows what I know and don't it's know. It's funny that you mention that because I was shocked by this. February of 1994, Ace Ventura came out. Okay. So, I guess I was it, right? No. See, this is the mask was 94? So, yeah, I think. This is all the same year? That I was shocked when I, I pulled it up. Yeah. That's crazy. No wonder he became so big so fast. And made he had three movies out in 94? I couldn't believe it myself. That's too many movies. <laughs> they were all successful. I mean, we all loved him at the time, but yeah. It's... They were all successful. All right, so there are some great ones in here. I'm going to go, um, rather than just first discuss the great ones, I'm just going to go through sequential order, and we can stop and discuss the, you know, the ones that I think are among the greats of all time. Right. Pulp we... Fiction, obviously, being... To, to me, to this day, I'm still angry that Pulp Fiction... I understand why Forrest Gump won Best Picture, but it is not the most... In, anywhere near the most influential and memorable movie from you, that year. You put too much stock I in know the Oscars, and also you put too much stock in the Razzies. It's like, I don't any, I don't put any stock in any of it. It's not necessarily supposed to be the best movie. I know it's called Best Picture, but it you know. It is. It should be. That's not what it turns out to be. I will give you that. It should just be called The Movie We Liked This Year. <laughs> you know? It's not necessarily the movie that we will like in 10 years, or we being the Academy. And Not, you know, movie lovers in general, and to me, that, right. that's what the, the the true standard is: is if the movie is still relevant, watched and talked about ten years later. And I'm not going to say Forrest Gump's not. Maybe it is. Pulp Fiction certainly is. Who cares about Forrest Gump anymore? I agree, but I don't know. If in ten more years, all the baby boomers will be dead, and nobody will care about that movie. <laughs> They're the only ones who like that movie. Oh, remember the 60s? Hey, the 60s. Weren't the 60s great? The 60s, guys. There's Jack Kennedy. The 60s. That's that whole movie. Hey, there's Ping Pong. There's Richard Nixon. <laughs> Whatever. Well, yeah, we don't need to discuss Forrest Gump because no, it's not please. among my favorites. So in January, a movie that's near and dear to my heart that isn't necessarily a great movie. I don't think you've seen it. Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott. We've discussed it yeah, briefly. Never seen it. Uh, I know at some point we've talked about the Death Wish movies. Can you guess which Death Wish came out in January of 94? Oh, I can't believe there is a Death Wish movie coming out in 1994. It's got to be four. <laughs> 
Death Wish 5? Five. I didn't know there were five. That's why I was surprised. The face of death. Is Bronson in that? I can't. I I would think he's like dead by then. (laughs) I wish I was dead. There are there are a lot of bad sequels this year. House Party Three came out before that. I didn't know there was a third House Party movie. I knew there was two. (laughs) Neither did I. This is the year of like stealth sequels. That what was I doing in '94? I was just not paying attention. In uh, also in February, a Steven Seagal movie. Can you guess which one? Under Siege Two. No, on Deadly Ground. (laughs) Oh man, I've never seen on Deadly Ground. Neither have I. Uh, budget of about $50 million. It grossed 38 Not really <laughs> that sounds surprising. About right. That's the one he directed, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Same week, Blue Chips, Nick Nolte, and just about every NBA player. No, it was really only Shaq and Penny Hardaway and some guy. But what, whoever the third guy wasn't was. Wasn't uh, Big Country Bryant Reeves in that no, movie? No, I don't think so. No, I it was some was. guy who was not. I don't think the third guy made the NBA. Oh, all right. I liked Blue Chips at the time. I, I remember being good. I actually liked it, too. So you had a good guess with the Naked Gun movie, but it was not the second oh, one. 33 and a third? 33 and a third, That one's yes. terrible. Major League Two also came out that year. I like Major League Two. Do you really? Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. It's not as good as the first one, but I like it. Can I ask you this? Have you ever seen Jimmy Hollywood? Wait, with Jimmy? Pesci? Yeah. No, I was thinking of, when he said that I thought of Doc Hollywood, which I have seen oh, with uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. I've it never seen Jimmy Hollywood. Jimmy Hollywood's actually a pretty good movie. I think you'd like it. All right, you should check it out. I will. Uh, can you guess which Leprechaun movie came out? Nineteen ninety four. I don't know. It's like four or something. No, it was actually it was early or later than I thought. It was Leprechaun two. Oh, okay. The first one has Jennifer Aniston. I don't yeah, know I've never seen any of those. I think I may have seen part of Leprechaun in the Hood. I know that's later. Yes, it's much later. And Leprechaun in Space. I, if that's a real thing, I didn't know it, it was a real thing. It is a real thing. thing. Yeah, the Leprechaun movies passed me by. All right, so uh, we move into summer then. One of your favorite comedies came out in May of 94. One of my favorite comedies. Yeah, so you, you should love 94. This is before Fargo, and that's not really a comedy. Mel Gibson. Oh, uh, Maverick? Maverick. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite comedies. Really? I, li- I, I, like Ma- I do like Maverick a lot. I'm surprised. I'm a, honestly, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I thought that was like one of your favorite comedies. I have to think about it. I like that movie way more than I think most people like that movie, but I don't think All it right. would qualify. There is a lot of good stuff in Maverick. Uh, later on in May, another sequel. This one. We're only in May. We've got to get to Junior at some point. <laughs> we're only in May. <laughs> okay. The, the third Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Well, that, we just mentioned that recently. Yes. Uh, also in May is The Flintstones. I, I never was a fan of either one of those movies. I don't understand why people, why that was so successful. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop 3, I guess. No, oh, the, oh. the Flintstones. The Flintstones. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it, again, remember the 60s. That's true. That was the year of remember the 60s. June 10th, Speed, but more importantly, another bad sequel. City Slickers 2, The Legends of, <laughs> Legend of Curly's Gold. I remember thinking that was okay. Really? I liked both of those movies when they were new. I haven't seen them in forever. I was not a fan. They brought back Jack Palance as Jack Palance's twin Ghost. brother. Oh, yes. No, he's a twin brother. Yeah, that's right. Spoilers, he dies in the first movie. Who cares? It's a 25-year-old movie that, <laughs> that no nobody one cares yeah, about. But whatever. Uh, also in June was The Lion King. That, you know, that was one that I don't really remember as a... I mean, I know it was a huge hit, but I don't know. Animated movies kind of weren't my thing. I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I haven't seen it in 20 years, but... So getting then into July, 
Here's you know not we should we should maybe consider doing 1994 because no there's a few movies. every single movie no maybe not every <laughs> single movie but there's a lot of stuff on here so blown away I didn't realize it came out in 1994 oh, that's yeah. with Jeff Bridges and Forrest Whitaker we've talked about it I know you haven't seen it but I've I didn't that's it. another one of those sort of like you're surprised I was surprised I thought that movie came out in like 92 I was yeah, surprised same, to see that same here uh, Forrest Gump and True Lies. Uh, Same and, day? Uh, no, Forrest Gump was July sixth. I'm sure it was for you know they probably had like some early stuff for Fourth of July. You know, is, yeah, yeah. is my guess. And then uh, July fifteenth was True Lies, and then later in July was The Mask. Which you know of the three, that's probably my least favorite. I was not a huge fan of The Mask. No, I, I never really thought it was great. Uh, so then moving into the late summer, August, and the other one that we should do is clear and present danger. I think we could have a lot of fun and discuss a lot. Don't make I, promises that we can't keep. You're like promising the the moon here. Like we're going to do all this. It's just like, wait a second. We got to stop and figure out what we're going to do when we're done. It's true. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Put um, it out off, off a microphone. Get, <laughs> getting into, I don't want people to have expectations that we can't meet. We can do all kinds of stuff. Late August, a, uh, the same day, actually, two probably awful movies, and then a movie I probably shouldn't have enjoyed as much as I did, and I don't know if it'll hold up well. An Oliver Stone movie that probably doesn't hold up well today, but that I liked when it came out. That's too soon for any given Sunday, right? Yes. Oh, is it Natural Born Killers? Yeah, Natural Born I Killers. I like Natural Born Killers. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know if I would still like it, but I really liked it when it was out. I watched it pretty recently, and it held up okay. Okay. I mean, it's a little overly manic and yeah. excessive, but... That's fine. I mean, it... <laughs> so two awful, awful movies. One is a sequel. It's a police academy. I want to see if you, the police academy, four expert can get it. That mm, seems. I don't think it's seven. I think it's got. It's got to be police academy six. City under siege. You had it. Police <laughs> no police oh, academy seven? seven. Damn it. Mission to Moscow. Moscow. Yep. How bad is that movie? I've only seen part of it. I can't watch. I think I've talked about it on the podcast where I, I that's the one I've never seen all the way through. And multiple times I've said, I need to watch it just so I have my complete police academy knowledge. And I cannot get through it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> it's that bad. Also, I'm older. That probably doesn't help. If I was 10, I could watch it. So in September, we actually finally start getting into some of what I think the reason that this is you know one of the greatest years. But... I had to point out a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. There was a Seagal and a, now a Van Damme. Sudden Death? No, Time Cop. Time Cop. Time Cop. I, 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 kinda, I bet that would be fun. I, I bet that's like goofy. And yes, and I, I kind of liked it at the time, but now I think it would be kind of fun bad. Too. Two objects can't uh, occupy the same space at the same time. Yes. Still remember that for and, all this. Uh, Sloan Peterson is in that movie yes, as well. I do remember that. Uh, so September, here's here's two that weren't necessarily, well, one of them certainly wasn't successful. The other one, I think, was marginally. I don't know if you're a fan of Quiz Show, but it's one of the ones that I think is a, is a really, really good movie. I think it was a Red, one of Redford's first that he directed. I've heard it's good. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's with Ray Fiennes. The, it's you know about the um, Quiz Show scandals in the 1950s. Yeah. So, 94 was mostly, it's the 60s, but then a little, a little bit, bit of 50s. Uh, the 50s. Um, and then speaking of the 50s, you know, for for better or worse, I do think in some ways it's a little bit overrated, but it's still a great movie, The Shawshank Redemption, which was not a commercial success at all. You think and it's overrated? A little bit, yes. Huh. I I think it's a great movie. I just is it top five all time? No. But again, what are you basing that on? You're saying, oh, it's top five IMDb. Yes. Yeah, but what but, does that mean? It's nothing. 
See, I, you, you just put a lot of stock into these external things. It's like overrated. You have like, to have some ranking, but it's just some dumb algorithm. Like, who cares what IMDb? I don't think people actually think it's a, one of the five greatest movies ever made. Based on the stars that people assign to it, it is. But it's only based on a on an algorithm that's, you know, like, if you polled everyone on the earth and said, what's your top ten favorite movies? I don't think it would make it on the list. But you do it in a way where it's like, I think it's, it's, it has more to do with the fact that very few people dislike the movie. That might be true. Right? So yeah, that's going to throw off the, the rankings. I mean, it's, it's all... All it's, this is it's meaningless. I, that's, <laughs> I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, like, when you say it's overrated, it's like... I, but, but it's a great movie. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. I can't imagine... I, I'm not disagreeing with it. I just... Again, I... Would you say it's one of the 100 greatest films ever made? Yes. Okay, then how could it possibly be overrated? <laughs> Let's just let's just That's add all it to I'm that when you when it's a hundred way tie. Like once you get that high, it's I, all these like distinctions. Here's here's what I'll say is that the fact that that movie. One wasn't a commercial success, and it wasn't even nominated for anything. Well, that, that's true. That, but to me, that shows the, the really the depth of what this this year looks like. Shawshank, as great as it is, whether or not you and I disagree or disagree that it's might be overrated or not, the fact that it's not even on the list when the Academy Awards come out. Yeah, it was it's just a, no it, one saw it. No one saw it, but to me, that's just what because. We're finishing up September now. Ed Wood is, is in September. Though that those are some great movies. I know you haven't seen Quiz Show. Yeah. You then move into October. a lot of Quiz Show's black and white, isn't it? Uh yes. A lot of black and white this year. Uh is it all in black and white though? It's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't remember. Hmm. One of my favorite documentaries actually is in ninety four Hoop Dreams. Okay. That's a that's a great one. I've only seen like the first half of that. Really? Yeah, it's, I mean, so it's long. long. I have a hard time with long movies. It's, it's long, but I it, need to watch the rest of it. It actually came out the same day as Pulp Fiction, which is a great movie, deserved, in my view, to win the best picture that year. <laughs> okay. You're not going to go out of the limb and say it's overrated? or <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> okay. it's one of my favorites, so it's hard to. And then also in October, I, I, another one. I, I still enjoy it. Kevin Smith's probably his best. Clerks. Nah. More black and white. That's crazy. So many black and white movies came out that year. You don't like Clerks? Nah. Maybe it's just because I lived that life. Never, uh, yeah, maybe. But I, I never... Was a fan of Kevin Smith. I think in part because people used to tell me I looked like Kevin Smith. I think I've aged out of that a little bit. I can kind the of fact s- that my name is Kevin. I can kind of I can see why that would bother you, and I can also see why when you were younger people might have said that. Okay, there was but a not now, reason. right? No. Okay. No. Thank you. Uh, as long as I can sleep tonight knowing I don't look like Kevin Smith. Not not, not that he's like horrific looking or anything. It just would annoy yeah. me. Oh, I your name's Kevin. You look like Kevin Smith. Oh, ha, ha. so I, I didn't realize this, but. This also this year had both Double Dragon and Street Fighter came out in '94. <laughs> Some really bad. Uh, I didn't adaptations. know. I didn't know that Double Dragon even existed until years later. Neither uh, did I. And like yeah. lo- looking at this list, I didn't know Double Dragon existed before you saw this. Yeah, yeah. I only f- learned about Double Dragon like in college. I was like, what? They made a Double Dragon movie. I I didn't know that. I'm not sure if it's any good. I can't imagine. No, that it's it not, is. I've seen it. It's Have terrible. It, is it awful? Robert Patrick's in it, but other, other than really? that, really, yeah. I never would have guessed that. What does he play? Or he's the he villain. Play? He's got bleach blonde hair. Is he good? No, it's awful. Okay. He's awful. Everything's awful. All right. Is Scott Bayo, Someone oh. like that. <laughs> that is, would be- someone, someone relatively famous is one of the double dragons. Wow. I can't remember. I don't think it's Scott Bayo. He would have been too old. And then, again, here's one that's not nominated. It's not even talked about. You probably don't even realize it came out. But Leon, the professional with Natalie Portman and Jean Reno. Yeah, that was probably like in two theaters in the U.S., Either way, I'm just the point to me is all of this stuff came out. You have yeah. 
The Shawshank Redemption. That's a great year. Ed Wood, Leon, and we're not even done yet. Right. Forrest Gump, again, I'm not, a, but I understand why people liked it. That's huge. Yeah. See, I think Leon the Professional has not aged well also. Really? Yeah. I still enjoy it. Gary Oldman's obviously, he's... He's over the top, and it's, it's fun. Inten- it's obviously intentional, but it's a little much. It's a little too much. Man, you're, <laughs> you're harsh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I like Maverick better than most people. I like Shawshank Redemption more than you. I don't know if you like it, it more than out. whatever. Uh, so which Star Trek do you think came out in 1994? That's probably Generations, right? Very good. Yeah, yeah Star Trek Generations. Uh, another one that I actually think is a, is a good movie. I don't know if it would... I, I won't say if it aged well, but I wonder if I would still watch it and enjoy it. Tommy Lee Jones as Ty Cobb. You ever seen him? Yeah, that's really good. I enjoyed I, it. Yeah. Um, Robert Wool. Arliss himself. <laughs> Got about Arliss. Yeah, Arliss is in it. He's almost as much. He has almost as much screen time as. Oh, I'm sure he does. He's the sports writer who That's, is right, yeah, writing t- the story. Writing the story. And so we're we're pretty much closing out. But just that that rundown. I, you've got Dumb and Dumber. Was the Fugitive '93? I was waiting for the Fugitive. Fugitive was '93. I thought it was '94. So that's really it. But I mean, with that, honestly, with that lineup, you've got. You know, it's not Academy Award, but you've got things like Clear and Present Danger, which for like what it is, th- that is like a good action movie that has, I think, a really good script and a really good story. And then you have, to me, any one of those Best Picture nominees and or movies that weren't nominated, like The Shawshank Redemption, they would clean up at the Oscars today. I mean, it wouldn't even be close how much better those movies are. Of those, what, what, would, you, what would you give? What's the best of 94 in your view? Uh, well, we said Maverick was that year. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Maverick was that year. You you are allowed your own opinion, even if I disagree. I'd no, I'd say it's it's probably between Pulp Fiction, Ed Wood, uh, and and Shawshank. Yeah, probably those three. Yeah. Um, it might be Shawshank, either that or Pulp Fiction. Ed Wood probably doesn't hang with those two. I don't. I mean, it, it's in the team photo, but no, I'd say it's between those two for me. And I, I think just because Pulp Fiction had such an influence on me at the time, even though I saw Shawshank, not you know like everybody else, I'm using a blockbuster card, or it might have been Video One actually. I don't know if I was no ninety four. Video One was out of business by then. So it, it sounds like you're giving it to Shawshank, and I'm giving Best Picture to Pulp Fiction. But I don't think you could go wrong, to be honest, with either one of those two. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you were to give me a list of every nineteen ninety four movie and say. You've got three hours. You're locked in a cabin. Just kill time. I'd probably put in Clear and Present Danger. That's interesting because I just love that movie so much. I love it too. Like action movie, but it also connects connects it to the, like a political thriller and all yeah, that. Th- I mean, that's very relevant to our times today. I would it, say. <laughs> absolutely. How is. dare you come in here and bark at me like some sort of junkyard dog? <laughs> I am the president of the United States. Yeah, we should probably. That it, guy. It, that guy is so awesome. Yeah, Donald Mofat. He played the president, and he played. He was in. He was in the thing as one of the guys in the thing, and that's the only things I ever really remember him from. Are those two things? I know we should not make this about current present danger, but you have like two. Of please, the, please, let's do that. Of the we're all, putting off. We've been recording for like forty-five minutes. And we have not. <laughs> we, you have two like underrated, or you know, not in a ton of movies, character actors that are like two of the greatest villains in like '90s movies between Cutter and. And the president. Those guys are great. And Ritter. Ritter well, excuse me. The, the, Ritter, Ritter is the one you're thinking of, I think. Yes, Ritter's the one in, that I'm thinking of. You're right. Yeah. I think I made that mistake on a previous episode. Ritter but, and Cutter are very But to be honest, names. Cutter's great, too. All yeah. three of them are. Yeah. 
God, now I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, yeah, watch we, it tomorrow. We're probably going to have to do a podcast on it someday. So, speaking of the podcast, 94 was a great year for film to transition back, unfortunately. And also Junior. <laughs> yes. it, it was the best of times. It was the bluest of times. This may be the worst movie of the 90s and one of the worst movies of all time. And it happens to have fallen in one of the banner years for movies. And in a year that Arnold had a great movie in True Lies. Yeah, and lucky for him. Yeah. I mean, this, his decline would have been far more precipitous, I think, if True Lies hadn't been there to, like, bounce oh, him yeah. up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because, I mean, really, this between that and Eraser, like, if it was just this, like, maybe he wouldn't have even been able to make Eraser. Like, it would be like, okay, Arnold's done. <laughs> it's time to wind him down. I will say, though, this was more well-received critically than I would have expected. Not necessarily that it was well-received, but... Are you serious? It wasn't a total, like, critical flop. Roger Ebert gave this three and a half stars. Come on. He did. I'm not lying. Oh, there then, are some critics that liked this movie. Then maybe that explains when I had to order this dumb thing on Amazon. I, I thought every review was just somebody being ironic and sarcastic. There were a bunch of r- great reviews on this. I'm like, how is this possible if these aren't just people just being... No, people... There are, this movie has its fans. I, I don't understand how. And I, I, I don't honestly, honestly, I can't believe Roger Ebert gave this any stars. Unless everything's going over our heads, like maybe there's this hilarious comedy that we just <laughs> don't. We, if it's I'm like serious. I'm having shocked. never been pregnant, we're not understanding all the humor or something. Like maybe there's something to that, dude. I am. I don't know if it's women that like it, or I don't know what the demographics are, but people like it. There's definitely people out there. I am shocked to hear you. Honestly, I I figured that this would have a Rotten Tomatoes of like ten percent. No, it's an, I didn't actually look in Rotten Tomatoes, but it seems like the consensus is somewhere in the middle. Wow, I, I would guess if I was a betting man, which I am, I would I would bet it's somewhere between forty and fifty percent. I, <laughs> I honestly, speechless. I am. I <laughs> honestly, there's just nothing redeeming about this movie. Yeah, I agree. We're on the same page, but uh, yeah. So right. apparently, this is this is another overrated movie. <laughs> for, for oh, in 1994. Yeah. So we've now been able to connect the Shawshank Redemption to Junior. Yes, that's the <laughs> Shawshank Redemption and Junior, what they have in common. I think we're, that's the title of the episode. You at least think they're both overrated. Um, All right, so let's just get into this thing. Let's get into it. Yeah, it starts with this dream sequence, which is dumb. I, I don't understand why it's the front of the movie. It would make more sense for him to be dr- having a dream sequence well, you, after he's impregnated to have like a, a nightmare. Like, oh, God. Oh, you have one with the... That's true. The craziest very Ar- Arnold diff- face of all time. That's the only <laughs> thing I have in my notes that's worthwhile in this. <laughs> Do you want to just talk about that now? Cause Might like, as well. Honestly, we can go out of order. This thing is so terrible. Well, you, you know what uh, is funny about that? Because I, I'll keep this... I'll keep my Twin Peaks comment to a minimum. Oh, <laughs> but because I recently got into Twin Peaks, I kind of went on a... a a David Lynch yeah. bender. This is why I watched Dune and Blue Velvet. Uh, I watched Blue Velvet and I watched Eraserhead for the first time. <laughs> yes, I, I I liked Blue Velvet, but I didn't love it. Oh, really? I, it's probably my favorite David Lynch. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's good. No, but I watched Eraserhead for the first time, which uh, and I do you like, like it? Never, I've, no, I've never seen it. I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> very perfect. strange. I think I liked it, but the thing about Eraserhead is it's. It's a. It's actually weirdly similar in that it's about becoming a parent. I guess this is this, really? is, this is more about childbirth and like parenting, but like, but in a very like surreal way. And there's a there's like a I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's a, like a puppet baby. It's the most horrifying thing you will ever see. 
Worse than the uh, Sim Pal from the Sixth Day. Definitely. That's the thing. As I was trying to rank, like Sim Pal, Eraserhead Baby, Arnold Schwarzenegger CGI Baby, <laughs> which is the most horrifying. And that, it's, a, it's a toss-up. I think Eraserhead wins out because it's horrifying. It, I, it, it doesn't look like a puppet. It looks like a dead animal. I don't, no one knows how they did it. It's creepy. Wow. So it's been a while since I've plugged the, uh, the Twitter feed on here, so I should do that. To, to the audience at, Bud, at Bad Punch Podcast, if you've seen all those, which is the <laughs> most horrifying start of a, those three? Start a poll. So yes, I'd that's what I'm going to have to do. I mean, Eraserhead. It, it, it's, it's weird that I just watched Eraserhead a couple of days ago. And then watching this, it's like, just creepy babies are filling my TV. I, I can't keep them off. That, that Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, so, face. Oh, I honestly, it was repulsive. I agree. It's very repulsive. Well, you know what? Actually, because I, I paused on it, and I was like, I need to study this. Was it in 4K? <laughs> I don't think so. I think Amazon only streams uh, HD. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> but what I noticed about it was they pasted Arnold's face over this baby's head. They had to, like, squish it to make the proportions match. So, like, his head is weirdly round and, like, squashed. Yeah. But they covered up one of the baby's ears, but not the other. So, like, the way they, like, pasted his face on it. We could find it if you want to look at it, but, like. No, I do not. Okay, fine. I understood. (laughs) I don't blame you. But the way they pasted it. The baby's ear is in the, a different spot than Arnold's ear from like the, the 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 special effect, and so it ends up looking like this weird like Vincent Van Gogh head. Where like, <laughs> if you look at the baby's left ear, if you're, if if anyone, I mean, certainly we don't We're encourage anyone to watch this, but if you see that, I mean, I'm sure it's on YouTube. The baby's, I guess, the baby's right ear, our left, is like way down Arnold's chin. It's like. Like, right by his jaw. It's weird. Yeah, because the baby's head, I'm sure, would have been smaller, right? So that and makes I think, sense. Yeah, well, and I think the baby's looking in a different direction because they wanted the baby Arnold making eye t- contact with Arnold Arnold. Yeah. So I think the, the Arnold's face isn't looking in the same direction as the he- baby's head. And it's just, if you actually pause it and deconstruct it, it's a, it's a, night- I mean, it's a nightmare either way. But it just doesn't match. And nothing matches. It's a disaster. I can't imagine why they thought that was a good idea. I don't know either. So you get through this uh, dream sequence, the first one, where the baby's peeing all over him. It's just, it's, there's nothing funny there. It's just, oh my God, there's two dozen babies sitting in chairs. Wake up. Oh, what a nightmare. I don't know. There's nothing. Why is he dreaming? I guess he's, he is a fertility doctor, which maybe explains it, but it's like, the story hasn't even started yet. Why is he having these dreams? It would make more sense if this dream was a reaction to yeah, what he was going drug. through. Yeah. Well, we do, uh, we do learn the name of the drug shortly here, thereafter, so I want to ask you this. Speaking of Harrison Ford, which is a better drug name, Provasic <laughs> or Expecting? Provasic's more fun to say, for it sure. It is. Switch the samples. If only someone had, <laughs> had uh, said that. Somebody needs to do that on YouTube of switching the samples with... Expectane. Well, the one thing I like about Expectane, I mean, it is a silly name, Expectane. Um, But I like that you're only permitted to drink it out of test tubes. (laughs) I didn't think about that. No, you're not allowed to drink it any other way. There's a part, and I think it's just because he's measuring, but still, he has a perfectly good beaker. It's like a glass. He could just drink it out of the beaker. He's got to pour it from the beaker into a test tube. You know, which is like impossible to drink from, and then you know. Well, maybe the, he's got to measure it. I was going to say the measuring is probably the, the a beaker's got lines on it and numbers. You're, 
I'm not just drink it from the beaker. I'm not going to put up much of a fight. It's weird. I hadn't thought about it though that everybody has to drink expectane, and they're and they're uh, case full of expectane that looks like Doc Brown's plutonium. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> okay. How I did like, you let me beat you to that? You were the one who brought up expectane. You can just I jump right think, to it, Marty. You've got to come back with me. I'm glad you had the same thought. Yes. Like, that's, that's all that looks like. And also, uh, well, what's her name? Emma Thompson's. Vile thing that she keeps her frozen eggs in the uh, dairy cooler or dairy case. Yeah, the whatever. dairy section. I think yeah. she calls it. That's just the Jurassic Park thing where all the dinos, the dino DNA lives. You, do you think they just borrowed it? I think it might be the same prop. It looks pretty similar. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, he wakes up from this dream. You get the in- somewhere in there. You get the intro of Doctor Larry, uh, which is Danny DeVito. I remember no names. I wasn't writing down any names. Oh, I was just calling on. them by their yeah. actor names. Dr. Alex Hess is Arnold. Yeah, I remember and Alex. Dr. Larry, it's like Abba, Abba something. Yeah, I, it's his name that I was like, I'll never remember that. Yeah, so. and then it, uh, Emma Thompson is Dr. Diane Redden. Redden, yes. So That I remember also. But, uh, so you're, you're going through, and they've got an FDA hearing. So, you know, you got the, I, I don't think you have the credits rolling, but you, the score seems to be everywhere in this movie. I didn't really notice the score too much. Oh, it, it felt to me like every scene. Not, the score wasn't loud, but it just felt like the score was noticeable. And I was also thinking how bad it probably was if you just had no score on this and just some of these lines and trying to deliver them. That's not good. I don't know. I mean, I didn't really notice the score much. I do know that he switched composers. Uh, Ivan Reitman did. So that guy that I hate is gone. So maybe that's why I'm just like, well, I, 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 I can, my ear can hear that guy. I forget his name. The, the guy who's kindergarten cop. Yeah, kindergarten cop and uh, Ghostbusters Two. Ghostbusters Two is really the one. I can, I can hear that guy's style, and it just, it's like nails it's on the chalkboard. chalkboard. So this just sounded to me like generic Hollywood movie score. I think it was a James Newton Howard. I did look at who it was. I'm not sure if it was him or someone like that. Yeah, and I wouldn't say like it's B tier composer. It's necessary anything that's memorable it's just it seems like it's constantly there and maybe i just oh i agree it's just like wallpaper but I, it faded into the background for me pretty quickly but i i don't disagree that it's not a good score no. uh so they go to the fda hearing denied yeah i, I don't they know they don't find out right away but yeah the, uh, the way this is setting up their characters to be like arnold is the professional serious one and danny devito is like the salesman but there's no real reason for that. It doesn't really pay off. Like, Danny DeVito, it's setting him up to be kind of like his character in Twins, but then he scales way back to just being a guy. Like, yeah. Again, doesn't really have much. Like, it seems like as Arnold's character becomes, gets more defined, Danny DeVito's character gets less defined. They, they, they turn the dials, and we're like, no, we have this baseline yeah. of definition between the two. To balance the equation. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, they, they don't... Uh, they don't get it. You you do get, get introduced to uh, Doctor Larry's ex wife, uh, played by Pamela Reed from Kindergarten Cop, uh, in that she's she's pregnant and wants Larry to be her doctor. Yeah, her whole subplot subplot is dumb. Is it just there so that at the end they can pull the switcheroo, so that they have another pregnant character in the movie? I think so, and I think they also wanted to end the movie sort of the way that they did Twins where they've got all these kids. And so I think they wanted the, you know, each DeVito and Arnold to have kids. Yeah, I guess that's probably also true. It, that's, you're, you're probably more right than me in terms of that's how <laughs> twins ended. It, yeah, but I, honestly, I think that's the reason that... It's, it's twins except cut the children in half. 
Not literally. Not like uh, Solomon, King Solomon's twins. <laughs> but yes, there's one. Each has one child instead of two. But yeah, it's the exact same ending. Yeah. We now we've just jumped to the ending. We're done. We don't we want may, to talk about this movie. We may as well be. Um. So, but yeah. So Danny Vino runs this fertility clinic. Do you want to go over his catalog of pornography on the shelf? Oh. <laughs> You really put some time in. Yeah, I, I put time here. If, if you like, put time in for this, we should. Yeah. So I let me ask you this: Do you do you think this is how fertility clinics really are? That they had a bunch of VHS of porn videos? I mean, the only my only other knowledge, I guess, all my knowledge of fertility clinics comes from movies, and the only one I can think of, the other other movie is Naked Gun Two and a Half. Really? The Smell of Fear. That's not the one that I. Way of the Gun is actually the one that comes to mind for me. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I think all three movies there is pornography in the office. Th- there is. Um, I know you said you didn't think that movie held up well, but some of my favorite stuff is the interview with Benicio del Toro and the uh, the the sperm bank donor like doctor. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. I said I, I my prediction is it wouldn't hold up, but mm. I haven't actually watched it, okay. so I forgot about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so maybe, maybe I'm just misremembering what that movie's about. No, I think it makes sense. If you have to give a donation, it's but, like something's got to be you, there. That was a pretty extensive oh, catalog. Yes, his catalog is unnecessarily uh, <laughs> extensive. They're actually like a duplicate VHS, I noticed. <laughs> he has two copies of the same movie? I only wrote down one row because at, at some point it was such a vast, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't document this entire wall of pornography. He basically had like the original Netflix. If he could just have mailed those to people, he had everything. Well, I was thinking about this because it's like, um, so I'll, I'll tell you this. These were all real porn tapes. Really? The prop department didn't make these. They just went out and they bought some VHS from some... You know. <laughs> How great would that be you show when you're buying like 50 VHS <laughs> right. of porn? Yeah, and just what is going on? With, I'm sure, well, it's LA. I'm sure they... It's, oh, it must be for a movie. I'm sure they know. Maybe. It's also LA, so it could be other <laughs> yes, things. Exactly. I guess saying it's LA doesn't <laughs> it really... both ways. Yeah, it does cut both ways. Um, but yeah, these are all real, so... I forget what my point was. I had a point. I brought that up for a reason. Oh, I tried to actually look them up to see get like some info on some of these. Some of these are way too generic, but the couple I did find, I found because I don't know if you know this, but like pornography has IMDb listings. Does it really? They're on IMDb. What? IMDb or does it have a separate like IMDb? No, it's on IMDb. Okay, with the cast and everything. Okay, for for the ones that people thought to add anyway. Yeah. But I'm sure someone owns these tapes somewhere. These tapes are out there in the world. But anyway. So here's here's our list. Mary, Mary, with exclamation points on each. Hot and nasty. These are all relatively clean, so don't worry. Okay. That's the dirtiest one. Um, the nastiest one. Desert foxes. <laughs> I imagine that's Patrick Stewart's. That's, <laughs> yes. that's what he was writing was desert foxes. In the helicopter. <laughs> the two of them are kissing. And I, for some reason, I was imagining like the American Southwest. But yeah, it could be the it could be the you, uh, the you, Middle East. You may be right. I'm going with Patrick Stewart. Okay, Mimi Portland's "Give It to Me." What? <laughs> I guess she made it. I don't know. The Naked Truth, Health Spa. <laughs> Maybe that just was an actual health spot. <laughs> Maybe tape. it could be like an instructional video. Yeah, yeah people will think it's a porno. Um, heavy petting, L.A. Raw. We're getting into some of the. Oh, the, that's awesome. The, uh, the puns. Yeah, the puns. And I'll, uh, should we count these? By the way, it's not. A, it's not. No, yeah, not no one said. This one is amazing. Beaverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Kind of a stretch, but was that a real one? And that you, oh yeah, these did, are real. But did you look it up? And was there anything in the IMDb? Uh, the three for- I was able to find were L.A. Raw. <laughs> there were these have votes. L.A. Raw was rated six point four out of ten. There's nineteen <laughs> votes. 
Beaverly Hills Cop, 21 votes, also 6.4 out of 10. Beaverly Hills Cop? When I was searching for this, I typed in Beaverly Hills Cop into Google, and Google said, did you mean Beverly Hills Cop? I said, no, No. Google. (laughs) Give me Beaverly Hills Cop results. Um, Anyway, there's, there's one more later I was able to find. But picking up from from Beaver Hills guy, okay. Portrait seduction and erotic masterpiece. <laughs> that's like a Yahoo Serious Film Festival. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I know what each of those words mean, but that doesn't make any sense. I guess it's a. I guess the story is like a drawing class where the the, the girl, the naked like yes. <laughs> girl, kind of gets uh, amorous. Or, or maybe, maybe it's one. Maybe it's actually sort of like depending on when it was made. It's like either weird science or mannequin with. Like what they draw, like oh, actually comes to life. That's and, actually probably what it is. Yeah, right. that would be pretty. Um, okay, let's talk dirty. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few more, don't we? Okay, Barbara Dare's prime choice. It's weird. I can't believe these are real. <laughs> these are. I mean, I, I found three that were real. I can't speak to all of them. Yeah, because you know, like some of them are so generic. For instance, Mardi Gras. So I'm not going to be able to find that. Maybe it was the original uh, Girls Gone Wild. Maybe. It's probably something like that. Yeah. Okay. Night Magic, the ultimate thrill. (laughs) And the last one, Sex Crimes 2084. (laughs) So the three I was able to find were L.A. Rob, Beaverly Hills Cop, and Sex Crimes 2084. There's an IMDb review for Sex Crimes 2084. Do you think, is it a legitimate review or is it somebody being ironic? This guy is serious. Okay. Clearly not an English speaker, primarily, okay. so I don't know if I'd want to read this. <laughs> I found it pretty funny, but it's partially just because his English is not good. It's from Brazil. Oh, jeez. Do you want me to read this? It's you might as well. Fast. <laughs> it's better to talk about this stuff than Anything that. other than this movie. Um, okay. 8 out of 10. A great porn of 80s. <laughs> Written October 19th, 2006. What? Do you think that means of people in their 80s? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Um, I'm sure he means 1980s, but I haven't seen the film, so who knows what the contents of the film are. Sex Crimes 2084. Maybe it's 2080s. That's what he actually means. Yeah. Okay. I'm tempted to read this like Borat because it, is, it does kind of read like that. I won't, though. I don't want to insult this guy. This guy is obviously very serious about his porn. Okay, here we go. I've, I've bought this VHS movie a long time ago during my teenager years. Nowadays, looking again to this movie, it keep me as a good one. <laughs> the 70s were already finished, and there were no porn production as Henry Paris did. I have no idea what he's talking about there. <laughs> That's like the Yacht Series Film Festival. <laughs> well, I think he's talking about like what Boogie Nights is about. It's like, oh, the, the heyday of pornography. Yeah. The video was already taking the market of real movie productions. This was one of the last good stripped porn. <laughs> stripped porn? Script. Script. Oh, like, script. I think he means it's like well-written yes. porn. The plot is quite interesting. <laughs> In the future, sex is an obligation. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of want to see this. I don't know where you'd find a copy. It is opposite of 80s mind, where sex was still a prohibit issue in most families. On the 80s, the sexual revolution had already done what had to be done, and society was already changed. But, according to the plot of the movie, instead of getting freedom and enjoy, human beings were going to understand sex as an obligation. There is still not having any freedom. Cops are still on the streets to check if everybody is doing sex. (laughs) That was the line I was just like, that sounds like something a Borat would say. It is a curious conclusion of evolution of our sexuality. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. (laughs) 
Wow. I, and also, this is his only review. I was like, this guy probably has like a million porn reviews. Nope, that's his only review. He, <laughs> he registered on IMDb just to write then. That actually makes it even more interesting. And can you imagine the way I can? I can't remember what Burt Reynolds... Was his name Jack? Jack? Yeah, Jack... Horner? Yes. I was about to say Warner, and that wasn't it. Can you imagine Jack Horner making that movie? Sex Crimes 2084? Sex Absolutely. Crimes 2084. I can see Dirk Diggler pitching it to him. Oh, you've got this great idea. We're in the future, and sex is an obligation. <laughs> no one is having enjoy from sex. Brock Landers found a time machine. And <laughs> right, yeah, it would be. Come to 2084. It would be a Brock Landers movie for sure. Oh, that, right. that was some good work. Okay. Honestly, that was way better than any of the rest of <laughs> I what we, we have to talk we about. probably need to kill some time, so there you go. Back to the movie. Uh, so shortly hereafter, we get the introduction of Frank Langella as Baines. Not Bane, Baines. Yes. Noah Baines. And he's kicking them out of their... This is where he's kicking them out of their lab, right? Yeah, he's the crusty old dean, and he's landed. He's got good news and bad news. The bad news is they're toast. Yeah, and the, the good, good news, news is, is only good to him. Yes. What an asshole! I mean, he's, that's what I mean. And he goes like, I, "I hate to kick you while you're down." It's like, it actually, it sort of reminds me of David Brent in the office when he's getting promoted and the the office is being made redundant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but David, it's, there is no good news. There's only bad news and irrelevant news. Right. Yeah. It is well, nobody similar. goes around and saying I have bad news and irrelevant news. It is exactly the same. It's irrelevant for sure to them. <laughs> and yeah, so they get the boot, and we get the introduction. I just have. Oh, so funny. Dr. Diane is clumsy. I know. This like It's so annoying. The slapstick, uh, you know. Is, is this like, and maybe it's just you and I don't have this sense of humor. Is this honestly funny to anybody? That type of stuff? I mean, they must have thought it would be funny when they were making it. No, it's bad. I mean, I like Emma Thompson. She was coming off of a double Oscar nominee year. I'd look really? this up. She was nominated. Uh, I, have, I have it somewhere. I think Remains of the Day. I have it somewhere. She, she was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. In the same year? In 94 for 93 films. In wow. This, this year that this was made. And now she's doing this. Wow. She's here in, in junior you doing, think, doing well, shtick. You think maybe it was just a paycheck? Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. She had primarily worked in England. I think whatever movie she, were nominated, she was nominated for, they're all or English British. productions. Yeah, okay. So I think I'm sure it was just like, yeah, I'll go to Hollywood and I'll, I'll make some money and then go back and do it a few years and go back. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's all it was. So the only thing I took that I enjoyed from this oh, is... I, I found it. So it Remains of the Day, I was right. And then In the Name of the Father, she was nominated for Supporting Actress. Wow. FYI. I did, I did not know that. That's a, a good I, note. And I didn't either. I've never seen either of those movies. Uh, neither have I. But Merchant, Merchant Ivory movies are not all that compatible for people who have an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. <laughs> not at all. But somehow Emma Thompson has done both and overlaps between those two. Yeah. So I also had that uh, Joe from Reservoir Dogs is... Yeah. Were you going to say something? Sorry. No, no, no. I, I didn't even notice him. Oh, really? I immediately did, and I'm like, man, I wish Nice Guy Eddie and Mr. Blonde would just come in here and just kill all of them and have this movie over. <laughs> He's just some doddering old man in this movie. Um, but the thing it's is, Lawrence Tierney from, yeah. from Reservoir Dogs. But the thing is, is it's two years removed from Reservoir Dogs. You know, it's not like this is ten years later or something. Oh, yeah. Two years removed from Reservoir Dogs, and he's just some guy unloading a crate. Don't hit that switch. I think that's like all he says. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I think it's because Lawrence Tierney was notorious for being difficult to work with and no one wanted to hire him for anything. They probably didn't even know who he was and it's just like if they had known who he was they probably wouldn't have hired him even for this part. There was a story when he was on Seinfeld about how he stole the knife and like threatened people with it. And really? Oh, you never heard that story? I knew he was Elaine's, you know, Elaine's dad. I didn't realize. There's a reason why he never came back is because he tried to steal there was like a knife block prop 
in the the apartments, and he like walked over to that set and tried to take one of the knives. Did I think the story was that Jerry, like, no, everyone was afraid of him, and Jerry Seinfeld just walked over and was like, hey, what's with the knife? <laughs> he was the one guy who was like, I don't care. This is my show. He's that's, not taking a knife from my show. That's funny. And, and like, I get, he like pretended to be like, ah, I'm going to get you. Like He was like playing, but like also like they weren't sure if he was serious. Like He started like poking the knife at Jerry Seinfeld, and Jerry wow. Seinfeld was like, give us a knife back. He like, was not going to let him do it. I've never seen that. So uh, yeah. do you think maybe that's a little bit of... Did you take the raisins? Do you, do you think that maybe that's <laughs> that a little be. bit of it came from about the raisins? Yeah, now that you mention it, that might be. It might be the origin of that. Yeah. But I think that, you know, most people just steer clear of this guy. Well, that, that was a, one of the highlights of the movie for me. So I didn't see him. I, I was looking at IMDb and I was like, Lawrence Tierney? Oh, really? I, I had, had to go back and find the him. The voice. It's because I saw I just watched Reservoir Dogs way too many times when we were younger. It's yeah. forever burned in my head. So she effect, effectively is displacing... Uh, Alex and uh, Arnold is Dr. Alex says he's just going back to Europe he's done yeah we don't learn where yet but he is from Austria yeah so I, I was presu- to, presumably that's where he sent it back yeah presumably I, I was trying to figure out if he's Austrian in all three of well they give you the name of a town that he's from I didn't look up where oh, it, but it is was fake right oh is it like Gelandensprung I, I, I didn't it was. look it up so well, I don't know well he, he he admits that he was lying that doesn't sound like a city name to me yeah. the little bit of German I speak Gelandensprung I mean, it could be. But he admits to her that he's not from there. That, like, Danny DeVito made it up. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can tell how much I was paying attention. I didn't realize that it, that was made up. I knew that the whatever, you know, bogus disease that they come up with right. was fake. I didn't realize the town was fake. It was the well. same name. Yeah. All right. Glandensprung syndrome from Glandensprung, Austria, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. Not that it's that important. So DeVito goes and chases him and gets on the plane and effectively convinces him to be the, you know, the, the guinea pig to be impregnated. Way too easily. I, I, nothing about this made me convinced that, that that character would be like, okay, I guess I'll go along with it. You know, that, why? Why does he agree to do it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it, I didn't buy it for one bit. Maybe he doesn't have anything back in Austria. There's no nothing to go back to. So this seems like a better alternative. It doesn't seem like he has friends anywhere. So it's like, what is he going back to? No. Yeah, that's clear. I mean, Danny DeVito is the closest thing he has to a friend. But even yeah. he's like, I, I don't like you. You're just my partner in this, like, you know, in this research thing. I guess they've tested this on a male chimp. Because yeah. there's those chimps just hanging around the lab for the whole movie. I didn't <laughs> For think, reasons unknown. Yes, but I didn't think it was a male chimp. I think at some point he says they tested it on, like, he gives a name. He's like, you know, Gus the Chimp or whatever it was. Oh, man, I missed a lot. I mean, it, it's tossed off. But it's like, I, I guess if they've done this successfully in a chimp, fine. But I don't know. Just the idea that anyone would agree to do this. I guess they're going to get rich. Is that why? Well, I mean, the plan is ultimately, I mean, I, I think that they had the the intention or some of it was, was no, to help help women Get FDA approval to help women that had fertility issues. So well, it wasn't right. just to get rich. I think it was legitimate scientific interest. But yeah, but also to get rich. <laughs> yeah, right. See, that's the thing. I think if they would have portrayed it that way, of Arnold is in it for you know more high ideal of he wants to help people. Dana DeVito just wants to make money on it. Oh, like twins? But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're going to both agree to do it. You know what I mean? Like it should have been Danny DeVito like kind of smarmy. Yeah, smarmily convincing him that he needs to do the right thing, quote unquote, but really he just Danny want, DeVito just wants to, to get, sell the drug. Yeah, that's what it should have been. But the, I don't know, whatever the, is the, in the scene, 
nothing he said made me go like, oh, that's why he's agreeing to do yeah, it. No, it's, not, it's such a badly written. He hops off the plane and is ready to do it, and then and that's be- well, that's where they, he explains like, oh, we'll inject the embryo into your like abdomen, ab- like a cavity. It's like that's what? There's no womb. How is this embryo going to be get nutrition? I was going to say, do we even need to talk about the science? I mean, not that I am a bi- biology major by any stretch, but no. I'm like, how? So just taking this drug that goes into your stomach, it's somehow that is helping this baby grow? How does that work? They just try to wave it away, but they can't. They can't just say, we'll inject an embryo into your stomach, and then if you take this drug, your body won't reject it? That's the explanation? That's but like even the, if your body doesn't reject let's say it doesn't reject it, how does any nutrition get to No, it would just, the, the tissue would just die. It would just be a dead <laughs> embryo in your stomach until you died. Right? I mean, there's no way, there's no umbilical, there's nothing that I, would feed an embryo nutrition and ha- like allow it to grow. That, I mean, it's just in their guts. I, later, I, it's like getting tangled in intestines. How is this, how could they try to convince a, 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 an audience that this is plausible? You're right. The, the magic, as, as much as you and I dislike magic as an explanation, it would have been better here. Well, I, I don't like magic. I don't like, like magicians, I guess. <laughs> I don't mind magic if it's just like you magical realism. Like, if if it's if it's a you know a, a, a carnival head a thing you put a coin into, <laughs> if it, you know, and it gives you a card that says your wish is granted, I'm fine with that kind of magic. So, so what you're saying though is you don't like Joe Bluth, or is he an illusionist? Uh, he's an illusionist. I'll okay, give him a pass. Fair enough. He doesn't actually know wizardry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wizard. That's the thing. I don't like wizardry. I guess I'll, I should specify. So you like, you, magicians are fine. Wizards you don't like. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But no, I mean, like, if they had injected the embryo into his foot, would his foot have gotten pregnant? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? Like the, presumably. <laughs> the way the logic works here, he would have a womb. I guess he never has a womb, but like whatever. The embryo. Whoa, just, that's the point. Is, he is would it just, just have. Like, it's just floating around in there? How does that work? Yeah, it's just getting, it literally is getting tangled up in his intestines at the end of the movie. It's like, yeah, I, I cannot believe that they don't even try to, to be like, you know, whatever. We'll put an artificial womb in you or something. It's crazy that, this, that that's all it is. It's I, just in his guts. No, and the thing is, I'd like to like have a debate, but there's nothing to debate. It's just, it's. No, it's bad. It's, 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 it's dumb. It's dumb. So, anyway. ultimately, for this to work, as crazy as this is, an egg is needed, so Dr. Larry DeVito decides he's just going to go steal one from Dr. Redden. Yes. And, and she's decided, she tells him, that she's going to keep the chimps around because she liked them. <laughs> she's, like, devoting a third of her lab to this, like, chimp cage. <laughs> and probably a bunch of resources, too. you got to feed them and whatever right. else. Does her research require these chimps? We no. never even learn what she's doing. Well, I don't I, for the the only thing that I could tell that she's doing, as you said, is she has somehow decided that she's using the Jurassic Park freezer to freeze eggs. We know like, she's freezing eggs. Yeah, well, that's not very high tech. They've I been was, doing that forever. That's what I thought. I'm like, why is this cutting edge research? Yeah, I don't know. It's this like delicate thing that she's got to like jump on to protect when it rolls out, uh, away. In, then, unless she's got like Mister D Mister <laughs> DNA. I mean, that is a truly. A I true breakthrough. Well, here's the other thing, and I want to play. This is the only clip I, I'm going to play, I promise. Thank you. <laughs> but I want to play this clip because not only is her research nebulous, she's really kind of an imbecile. It, you know, it's a fine line between, like, I'm brilliant, but I'm, like, wacky and, and yeah, no. absent-minded. She is way past that line. Like, she is actually, like, a simpleton. <laughs> you mean <laughs> the cheese on her face? Yes, that's what I'm going to play. Let's Ugh. just play it. 
Thank you. I, I have a note. Oh, there's cheese on her face. This oh. is funny. So he's in the lab, and she's, he doesn't realize she's there. Dr. Abagast. Dr. Redden, what are you doing here? Where? I don't know. Where, where am I? Oh, the lab. Good. See? Excellent. My lab. My lab. She's like a child, or you know, like, <laughs> I don't. This is way beyond just like uh, you know, like quirky. Like I can't when disagree. A player is traded, and he uh, goes out into the. I didn't really notice that there's just random crates and, this you know, side up, fragile, yeah. fragile. She's she's moving in still. Deposit just glass here. Memorizing the turf. I think she has one more. Infield. Dumb line. The angles of the light. What? <laughs> She's supposed to be this brilliant scientist. Oh, jeez. Sorry. My sandwich. Mm. I... <laughs> so, what, what are you doing in this lab? Uh, he just explained what he was doing there, and then she asked again. Right. He was Because he's telling her that she, he just came by to, like, visit and... But he's actually stealing this egg. Yes. And I think this, this scene's supposed to be, like, this comedy of, like, he's trying to hide the vial, this, like, thermos that he put this egg in. But there's nothing to it. There's not. That's not happening. Like no, he puts it down and then just eventually picks it back up. He puts it down, draws her attention away from it, yeah, and picks it back up. There's like no comedy to this. Like I'm sure when they wrote this, it's like oh, it's like comedy. Th- he's trying to distract her and not make her. You know, trying to hide the fact that he's stealing an egg. Doesn't work. There's literally no comedy to that. Nope. In the end, he gets the egg and they take it back. And can can I ask you that? I, I were you as confused as I was when they fertilized the egg? Why it's? I don't know. It looked like urine. I didn't really pay attention to. Oh, the, okay. I have a thing later about his actual urine. That, oh, uh, you mean <laughs> how much that he? Yes, it's filled to the brim. There's two gags like that. Because uh, you know, another one when he's uh, giving his, his sample. Well, this, that's actually what the scene we're talking about now is, where he gives the sample. Okay. And then right, he gives a sample. Then they fertilize an egg in a test tube or something. Yeah, right? which I I didn't understand. Again, I don't know fertility. I just didn't understand the the substance doesn't look like sperm that he uses to fertilize the egg. So I was confused. I don't know if they they, they look at it in a, in a microscope and they see. Yeah, but on. the act if you actually pull it up, the actual it looks like a li- it looks like liquid. I don't know. It was strange. I don't know. Maybe he like put it through a, a centrifuge or that's, something. Well, that's what I wondered is if that's actually what happens. I didn't really when think you about fertilize it. an egg. I don't know. So, well, let me ask you this: what what pornography of that selection do you think <laughs> Doctor Alex Hess used? Let me scroll back and see what my you think the twenty are. the twenty eighty four. No, there might be a science fiction angle. I don't, I, that doesn't seem like. Uh, I don't think he's into science fiction. Okay, even though he is kind of an egghead, I don't think he's that kind of an egghead. Okay, I'm looking through. Some, for some reason, Night Magic, the ultimate thrill, is jumping out of me. <laughs> I think that's what Alex Hess would like. Yeah, maybe that that or or Health Spa. I like that idea. That no, he would, he, he would pick the most boring one. He, does, he, he would probably pick Health Spa. He doesn't watch a porn. He just watches an instructional video on right. how to like set up a health spa. Well, later, uh, like Honeydew or whatever is doing it for him. So it doesn't take much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, so the great experiment begins. They fertilize the egg and they put it in him. In, in his abdomen instead of his foot. Yeah. Uh, and, and you get that shot, the line from him that is just for the trailer. Where, go, oh no, is that, that's later when they do the, the, uh, the, the, the pregnancy urine. test. Yeah, the pregnancy test with okay. the urine. Yeah, that's, that's a no, little No, so here is actually where you have, I have 
a whole new Arnold face is born because th- this is the other dream sequence after after yes. that he has this nurse who kind of looks like she might be in a, in a porno movie. Yeah, she is very I think she was a model. I looked her up. Oh, I didn't okay. recognize her name. She has a very 90s supermodel kind of a look to her. Yeah. Like a Kathy Ireland thing, like big Absol- hair, big lips. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh and then yes, the, the that just terrible Arnold face that we already talked about. I mean, it's unique. It's a unique Arnold face. There's n- never been one like, or n- nor should again. there be. Uh, so then after this is when the he asks him for the urine sample, and you're right. It is an insane amount of urine. But it's not presented as a joke, like a punchline necessarily. Because my, my note here is comedy or not comedy. I can't tell if this is... I think it was supposed to be, but DeVito, probably. DeVito's reaction doesn't sell the comedy. Well, my note is we need the most sophisticated lab equipment to determine whether or not these scenes are intended to be funny or not. <laughs> I like that. Um... So, oh, yeah, but this, this is the part I want with his actual urine because uh, they do the – this is where they do the, the pregnancy test? Yep. And he goes, I'm pregnant. Yeah. The thing is they do it in a test tube. He pours some urine in the test tube. He pours – I mean, I assume it's just like a store-bought pregnancy test. Yeah. And it turns blue, and it just looks like expectane. I was oh. waiting for the gag of him to like accidentally drink his own like pregnancy tested I urine. I didn't think about that. I didn't notice that. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. Well, because they probably just picked up. Oh, we're not going to get a different prop. Just go get one right. of the things of expecting. I mean, probably. But it just seemed like it was so similar that I was like, "Is this a setup for a like a joke? He's going to drink this?" Well, nope. It it's, might, not, it's not the kind of movie. It might not. have been a setup. It just never paid off. Maybe they cut it because it's too gross or something. Uh, so then we get Dr. Hess going back. He's at, at the lab. There's some stuff I have here about morning sickness and his nipples are sensitive. None of it's funny. No, there's no like punchline to any of it. It's like, Oh, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Well, thanks guys. It's like, what? Why is this funny? (laughs) What is the point of it? These characters we will never see again. You know, uh, you see one of them again. I mean, they're like in the background of a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, you're right. Just like the monotone lady. and Yeah, they don't give a... They don't have a ton of dialogue. You do see them, but... Yeah. Why introduce them? Because you're not going to get much from them. Danny DeVito comes by with a gift for the chimp. A banana with a a bow in it. (laughs) Why are you putting a bow in a banana for a chimp? (laughs) The chimp cares about a bow. He's just going to eat it. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Man, this movie is so obsessed with these chimpanzees. Why are they still in the movie? This movie thinks the chimpanzees are hilarious. Well, that's the thing. They don't do anything, though. I mean, occasionally they'll do something, like later when it's his birthday, and he's like, get out of here, you guys. And they all leave, and the chimp somehow knows to leave. But it's like, it's not really played for laughs. It's just acting like a lab assistant. And that's really what they're, it seems like they're using these chimps for, is like lab assistants. <laughs> they, they have to justify the cost. All right, we're going to at least teach you to do something. Their, their research with these frozen embryos must be like incredibly simplistic. As evidenced by her, she's basically a simpleton. They're just hitting it with hammers. What is, the, what, is, what is a frozen embryo, how does it react to being hit with a hammer? Here, chimpanzee, you can take it. That's your turn to shine. Okay, now instead of a hammer, let's see what happens when we put a pair of pliers and right. squeeze them with pliers. Here's a shoe. Hit, please, chimpanzee, hit this with a shoe. Use that banana with a bow on it. Hit, a, hit with a banana. Let's see what happens. So I've got in here something that uh, first Dr. Diana thinks that Hess has a drug problem. This is where Larry makes up that disease. Yeah. You're right. For her to buy that, you have to be pretty dumb to buy that, too, because it seems pretty made up. I mean, she has no reason to believe that they lied to her. I mean, she seems like a pretty trusting person, so. I guess. That didn't seem that unusual to me. <laughs> I did, I, my note here is, 
Ivan Reitman feels it necessary to explain Arnold's Austrian accent, but isn't willing to explain the biology of any of this. Every one of his movies, he feels the need to be like, he's Austrian. Like, who else? Oh, he's the only director who feels the need to like, yeah. explain the accent. There's been a few times that we've noted that you know they have used for the character him being from Germany or Austria. Yeah, a couple of times. But not often, though. No. It was Ivan Reitman every single time. He's like, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't have to explain his accent. He's, I don't know why he feels the need to do this every movie. Uh, and then, this, yeah, it's a debilitating fatness. I don't know. Is it? There's a weird fat joke here. Yeah, I, I don't even know what. Why does he choose that? I guess maybe he's planning ahead, thinking I'm going to get get but, large. But, but they're not at this point. They're not planning to bring it to term. No. So why is he trying to justify he's going to get fat later? But he, he at this point, he's not expecting that I, to happen. It maybe it's just to set up because Doctor Redden then goes on a speech about how awful it is or how difficult it is to be a woman yeah so maybe it was a setup for that <laughs> culminating in yeasts that was like the closest i came to laughing she has a big speech this and this and this yeasts yeast was almost funny just that i mean I, I think, i'm glad I'm, it was for you i nothing emma thompson is a talented actress but man nothing. she's doing her best she's nothing, really trying to make this work but. nothing landed for me yeah and then this is danny devito's ex-wife comes over and this is more like is this where we get the comedy of errors about like why is he staying with you and she like there's like a oh no I think that that's later like the, the weird like gay panic stuff She's yes like, you too no, right. that's later that's on, later here's where you do get the only thing that I thought might have been interesting but it never really paid off was the, you find out that she got pregnant from somebody touring with Aerosmith. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you presume it's one of the members yes. of Aerosmith, and then and then she she, she like later. freaks out, like why he would think that? Why wouldn't he think that? You say you're touring with Aerosmith? Yeah, she. I mean, it, it couldn't have been accidental that she was. She was obviously trying to make him think that. Yes. <laughs> so, but then her reaction when he, you know, he confronts her about it. Well, but also, why is it better or worse? What difference does it make? He's just like, I'm angry you slept with someone in Aerosmith. No, it was their personal trader. Oh, I'm okay with that then. What? So what difference does it make? Because he's not famous? It's okay? Like, why does it matter that he's not in Aerosmith? I don't even understand the distinction. I don't. So here's another thing I don't understand. Angela, his, his ex-wife, wants nothing to do with the other doctor in his office, yes. Dr. Ned. Did Ned. Ned Sneller. You know he's a creep because the screenwriters named him Ned Sneller. Can I ask you this? In any of the limited screen time as he has, does he seem creepy in any way? No. Not at all. So what's her problem with this guy? I don't know. I mean, she. You think I, she's I can't lying imagine just because she wants Larry to be her doctor. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I mean, I can't imagine being in that situation. But her justification at one point she goes like, "I don't want to. I don't want it to be Ned. He looks at me. It's like I can't have a doctor that looks at me. <laughs> I mean, I know what she means, but you know, it's like I, I agree. He doesn't seem that the least bit creepy. No, he just seems like a guy. He's just some guy. Maybe it's because his name is Ned Sneller. She's just been jumping to conclusions. Like, no man named Ned Sneller. He has to be a creep. His name is Ned Sneller. Uh, there's more garbage. Now Arnold's starting to get sensitive. He's crying at commercials. Well, uh, more. Uh, yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, I want to talk about that. But uh, before that, he's reading Modern Maternity Magazine. Oh, yes. And again, to, to the point I was just talking about earlier, at this point, they're not planning to bring it to terms. So why is he reading... He's I hadn't not. thought about that. You're right there because the, we we didn't go over it, but not that it matters that much. Their they're plan only gonna, is the first trimester. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna get the data, it. use the data to take it to a Canadian pharmaceutical company to get the Canadians to effectively. Are they Canadian? I missed that detail. Yeah, no, no, it is because you they couldn't get around the FDA. I mean, the FDA oh, coming down that makes sense. You'd have to either go to Europe because that's where Hess was going to go back was do his you know his work in Europe okay. and maybe be able to get it approved there. 
But the shortcut is go up to the Canadians. <laughs> I just thought they found a crooked pharmaceutical company. <laughs> I just I, awesome. I, I did not pick up the fact that it was Canadian. No, he goes up to Vancouver. Okay, that that's makes where sense. Larry goes. That makes sense. That makes more sense than you know a criminal uh, pharmaceutical uh, corporation. Uh, and speaking of which, so actually, it's a good segue. Uh, there's a pharmaceutical convention in in town, which is in San Francisco, and the Linden well, Pharmaceutical executives are going to be there, so Larry's going to go, and Arnold Arnold wants to go. He doesn't want any left home. Oh, I mean, this, this I have nothing to wear. Oh. Go to hell, movie. I hate this. Yeah. I wasn't crazy he, about him crying at the commercial, but it, it's that's borderline funny. I mean, I that's th- a real commercial, by the way, and it was Michael Bolton singing that song. Are you serious? I'm not aware of that. Yeah. I was not aware of that. I, I, have, I had the YouTube pulled up, but actually I had it on the wrong Was it computer. Michael or Mike Bolton? No, it was Michael Bolton. I, <laughs> Why should I change? He's the one who, <laughs> He's the one sucks. who sucks. I mean, that song sucks. That's it. Little girl, whatever that was. Daddy's girl. It's, I found the song, and I was is like, it, I listened to it once. It I was like, that is the movie? I mean, Which is worse? There's a very good chance the listeners will have heard that song either at the beginning or end of this episode. <laughs> I, I'm not prepared. I don't have it pulled up. Otherwise, I'd play it. Uh, so we head to this pharmaceutical convention. And the convention apparently has like a dinner dance. Uh, I, I I can't say I've been to a ton of conventions for my job, but it seems like it's a little strange. That's true. It's I think convention. I mean, I'm I'm also not in a job that I attend conventions, but it seems like my impression is conventions are more like bar. Yeah. You know, a vibe. It might be some hors d'oeuvres or something, but yeah, it's more more of like happy, not happy hour necessarily, but a hotel bar, hotel bar, or not, maybe, like, a, not like a wedding. No, which is what this feels like. They, even if it's not a hotel bar, it might be larger than that in you know like a, a banquet area. But yes, it's mostly drinks. People aren't there f- formally sitting down eating and yeah. or yeah tables. They, yeah, there were tables. No, at least not, not in my impression. Yeah, it feels like a wedding reception. It does not feel like a convention at no. all. But it's. It, yeah. it just—it's there to set up this is the love story Cinderella moment. That's all it's for. Yeah, it's really forced. I like how we did—we just kind of skipped over, but there are separate scenes early in the movie that make it a- absolutely clear that both Arnold's character and Emma Thompson's character are single. Remember? Cause it's like, no. What about your girlfriend? You can't leave America. I don't have a girlfriend. Oh, okay, that's I, right. I remember that. And then in Emma Thompson, when Dan, the scene we played, immediately after we stopped, he goes like, oh, is there a mister or whatever? Oh, you're and right. she goes like, who, what? And she doesn't understand what he's asking. And then she's like, oh, no, no, no. There's, there's none. Maybe she's an alien. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe it. Maybe that's why things are so foreign and she can't comprehend this stuff. Maybe she's an alien. Yeah, or maybe all those chimps are aliens in disguise and she's their leader. Yes. That's why they're there. She won't get rid of them. Uh, yeah, so there's some more physical comedy with her shoe flying off. Well, first having toilet paper. St- I just I can't stand any of this. Well, there's all the, also all this stuff about how Arnold's appearance, and everyone's like, you look radiant. It's like, shut up. I, you know, <laughs> screenwriter, I mean, I want, this screenwriter can go to hell. No, <laughs> Under no circumstance would Frank Langella tell Arnold, you look radiant. They're only doing it because the movie knows he's pregnant, and they want to make a joke of it, even yeah. theoretically. I don't care how, what Arnold looks like. Frank Langella, the guy who fired him less than a month <laughs> earlier, is not going to go, wow, you look radiant. Can I? Let me ask you this. Well, the only thing that I even was close to liking about this, I, I kind of liked Frank Langella. He's probably the only... I'm not going to say that I liked it, but it's the closest thing to it. Both him and Emma Thompson are both... They're such great actors that they acquit themselves relatively well. They, they managed to... Elevate know, it a little bit. Yeah, they're they're... they're they're tap dancing around all the landmines. I mean, I like Frank Langella too, but I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say 
He, he, I mean, he's. A, I mean, both of them are playing very one-dimensional characters. Yeah. She's a klutz. He's a jerk. Crusty, yeah. crusty jerk. So I, you know, I mean, he's fine though. Because it's not only yeah, they really start to ramp this stuff up too to get back to what you're talking about with Arnold about the radiant. My skin, because in the next scene, yeah, my, my skin. skin is so soft. It's I, I just was so annoyed with all of this stuff, <laughs> and that's the part that freaks out Danny DeVito. Is like that's it, your skin is soft. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> that's what puts you over the edge. Your his skin is soft. I hadn't thought about that. But you're <laughs> right. That's kind of funny. Well, and th- th- their thing falling in love, like he is spouting the most. Like drivel, he's just pablums. Oh, you have to stop and look around, and he's basically quoting Ferris Bueller: "Stop and look around once in a while, you're miss it." Like, I hadn't thought about that. You're right. He's saying the the most like hallmark trite stuff, and that's when she's like, "He's so deep." Now I'm going to fall in love with him. I guess like nothing that he's, he says. He's so sensitive. I guess that's what it is. It's dumb. Um, There's, I mean, honestly, that's what my answer is to everything in this movie. Getting to the next thing might be what infuriated me the most. I almost just stopped taking notes after this. Well, before we move on, I just want to point out that he does a lot of dancing in 1994. Just an observation of mine, but go on. I hadn't thought about it. So who's the better dancer? Harry Rehnquist or Alex Hess? This guy? Uh, I'd probably say Hess because he at least is – Doing things. He's yeah, like copying well, her. Well, he's copying. That's the other thing about this convention. I love the fact that this convention has like professional dancers as basically part of the convention. Because there's some real moves going on out there. Are there? I didn't really notice that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I, I missed that. Um, well, I mean, some of the stuff he's trying to imitate. Oh, I thought he was imitating what she was doing. No, he's imitating. Because isn't she trying to like pick the, the no. toilet paper and he starts like lifting up his legs? There's that, which is a dumb joke. But there's other, the other moves he tries are guess, other couples on the floor. That's what I'm saying. They're like professional right. ballroom dancers. Yeah, they're twirling this. and then he does a twirl. You're yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I'm sure that's because they hired dancers. Like I know, but it's a, just mo- the con- it's a movie is why. The, the concept that the likelihood that at a pharmaceutical convention you're going to have... They've got all the dancing drugs. They took the dancing drugs. <laughs> You know, it's like Flubber or something. Uh, so or no, Nutty Professor is what I'm thinking. Yes, that not, is, not Flubber. No, if it was Flubber, they'd be bouncing around. <laughs> Can I? This infuriates me. So, he, Devito says he's he needs to cut the expecting cold turkey. The experiment is over. He drives him, Alex, to his house. I know what you're gonna say. Leaves him there with the drugs. <laughs> yep, I had that exact same note in giant capital letters. I, this is it's, where I just I, I just was so furious. I'm like, I'm, I almost stopped taking notes. I'm like, I hate this movie. I know. It is so stupid. Like you, I have to think somebody at some point said, hey, why, why we would, need to explain this? He wants him to stop taking it. Why wouldn't he just take the drugs with him? Right. Or pour it all out. Right. No, definitely. I mean, they say, like, oh, you should, like, I should go, like, wean it off. That's what it should have been. Is like, oh, well, to be safe, you should wean it off, and then Arnold keeps taking it at full strength yeah. or whatever. But no, yeah, it, him saying you have to do cold turkey and then leaving it there, it's crazy. Also, he's right. Like Danny DeVito, he's the rational one here. It's like this isn't a good idea. The idea of like, I mean, whatever. It's a movie. Like in a movie world, whatever, it probably makes more sense. But the idea that Arnold would want to like have his baby, <laughs> it's like. Find a surrogate mother. You find do it a different way. There are all kinds of options. Why are you continuing to do this? Because it's because that's the movie. That's the what movie. It's about. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> I just I just think it's laughable the idea that the screenplay is assuming that we're going to be in agreement with Arnold. Like, yeah, Arnold, have your baby. I know I wasn't. <laughs> no, me neither. 
I'm sure most people weren't. Or maybe not, because people like this movie more than you would think. I'm not sure how. So after this, you then get a just 10 weeks go by. Yeah. And it's his birth. This is the birthday scene you talk about. There's nothing remarkable in this scene other than it's finally the reveal that his stomach is, he's starting to show. Yeah. This whole, like, basically from here until when he's, like, fully pregnant, like, nothing much happens. We can kind of blow through a lot of this stuff. For the most part. The only thing I want to ask you is when, just after this, DeVito, you know, says, no, we get, we get, we, he gets him out of there, takes him back to his office, and you get the, I want my baby yeah. line. Can I ask you the women there? He, so DeVito. S- explanation for trying to cover up that line oh right yeah is that oh you know this is he's working with a a psychiatric i don't know if it's a psychiatric hospital yeah he thinks he's pregnant yeah he thinks he's pregnant those women are asking him questions is the movie making fun of the mentally ill i think it is yeah or at least those women are do you think they're making fun of him i think they're more it's more they're humoring him See, that's how I interpret but see, it. See, to me, if somebody truly is like has a mental illness, humoring him, that's not it's not the right decision. May, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I kind of had an issue with that. I mean, I, I, it seemed to me like they were just taking their cues from Danny DeVito's character, just like, well, he's he's humoring the patient. He's he's allowing him to think that he's pregnant, so we're going to go along with it. Maybe. That's how I interpreted it. I mean, if do you think they're making fun of him, then that's that's pretty rough. I just the way that they oh, is this your, you know, is this your first first time i just that question doesn't seem appropriate it's like it's like the scene in freaks and geeks you're saying like the first episode where there's eli and they're like oh who what do you think about politics eli you know the yes. handicapped kid yeah so you think it's that that's what they're I, doing i mean that's the vibe i got i don't know if it's supposed to be and that's the, and if it is then i i it, that actually kind of bothers me and it's yes it's like i i haven't seen freaks and geeks in a while but yeah it, it, if that's the case that it's really troubling to me okay i'm trying to mentally go through it because I totally, I totally interpreted it a different way. But if yeah. yeah, if that's what they're doing, then yeah, that, that's pretty crappy. Yeah. Uh, also, it's like, oh, what are you thinking about a name? Because if it's a boy, junior. If it's a girl, junior. It's like junior's not a name. No. And then the the two other people that are there that were watching porn <laughs> earlier in the movie yes. to, to get pregnant, junior seems like a good name. They need to go. I had. They need to go talk to George Costanza and get <laughs> seven. <laughs> Seven is more of a name than Junior. Oh, it absolutely is. What if Junior, what if you have a son and you name him Junior and then he has a son who decides to also name his son Junior? Is Junior Junior? It's very confusing. Why would you ever name it? I think I, I buy that less than I buy a male pregnancy. A world where people are <laughs> naming, everyone a, thinks the name Junior is a good a idea. Good uh, so from there, you get back to... DeVito's house and Dr. Redden pays him a visit. There's, can I ask you this? How does this couch flip over when they're trying to make out? Because she's a klutz. But how does, the, how does her klutziness defy physics? It's like an aura. Everything near her. Is it, is it like Rick James's aura? <laughs> you can just orange. see it. <laughs> this orange aura? She's just so, so klutzy. That, or it's just a very badly made couch. I don't know. That's just what happens in this movie. Everywhere she goes, she's knocking things over and flipping things over. Lawrence Tierney can't stop it. Let's let's move move forward. Uh, yeah. From here, they they almost kiss, but not really because they're interrupted by Angela. Angela comes over. This is where I finally have the note about the umbilical cord. Why is Arnold so hungry? By my biology, he can't possibly be feeding that baby. I mean, there's a million things. I mean, the the pregnancy tests shouldn't work because I did a little research on how that works, and it's like a hormone that the uterus releases. It's like he doesn't have a uterus. <laughs> how oh, is I that working? Know, I didn't know that. Um, so that, there's no way that would pick anything up. Yeah, like 
there's no umbilical cord. I agree completely. Why is he having these hormonal changes? I mean, I guess it's he's actually like taking supplements yeah. or something. Yes, That's part is. of it. But yeah, why is he extra hungry? None of these things are addressed in a way that that makes any sense. It's just like, eh, don't worry about it. You know, until it becomes an issue when the baby's being born is wrapped up in intestines. It's like <laughs> they shouldn't have even mentioned that if it's not going to be a thing that they want to address. Suddenly, it's just like a gro- like oh right, it's just like in his guts, you know, like yeah, whatever. You just have to buy it. You have to He's buy. He's pregnant. It. That's why. And from here, Baines comes over after this. After the eating with Angela, Baines comes over and he's snooping around. He thinks that there's a woman there. He somehow, despite the fact that Arnold's stomach is massive, Baines can't put two and two together yet. Is that after the big and tall score, uh, store with a bunch of more fat jokes? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep up. Because I, I know you're, you want to just get through this thing. I, I, do, I do too. I mean, it's whatever. If you have anything to stop, it's just you're right. Basically, until you get to the end, none of this really matters. Yeah, I should have taken fewer notes. I should have known we were going to blow past a lot of this stuff. But uh, I mean, no, if there's things you legitimately think, you know, you had funny observations, please feel free. But no, that, I mean, we get the revelation that it was the personal trainer. We already talked about that. I did kind of like, I didn't smile, but I like, <laughs> I like the dartboard, him throwing darts at There's Aerosmith. no dartboard. That's one thing I noticed. He's just throwing darts into oh, his door. At his door. That's what I'm saying. That's, he's wrecking his door, but whatever. I guess it's, you know, what his wife decorated the house, so. Maybe he wants to wreck the house <laughs> to get back at her. Who knows? Apparently, she so. had her thing about like the the, the pillows are in the to wrong be in a, a particular order. Yeah, just buy matching pillows. Why do you have three different pillows? It's like that's your fault for buying different pillows. I anyway. I can't disagree with you on that. And this uh, this is where Alex goes on on a date with Doctor Redden and finds out that Junior was her egg. Right. Yeah. He goes back and confronts Larry. I do enjoy the moment here, I, even though I don't think it's funny, but I liked it because it was at least shorter, where you only see the aftermath of her klutziness. Yes. It starts with the lobster claw, and a waiter's like... That was a better way to do it, yes. Yeah, it's like, by this, at this point, you don't need to see her being a klutz. The waiter, by the way, was in Dumb and Dumber. In, oh, right, it's Fred Stoller. Right? I, yeah. I recognize him. He's in, a stand-up comic. Yeah, uh, he's on Seinfeld, too. Yes, was he? Yeah, who was he? Uh, I forget the characters. I know he was. I know you're right. I remember. I can picture it. But blah blah blah. And then yeah, Franklin Jell's in the case. And this this also is a very 1990s thing. You you definitely wouldn't get away with today. That uh, when Angela comes in with Devito and Arnold with Devito touching his belly. Yeah, the, this is the that gay panic scene. Yeah, the gay panic that you could not do today. It's pretty brief. Like they they just come clean. Like oh, he's pregnant. Like better to tell the truth than to have her even think that they're gay. I guess that's what my point is. Is <laughs> yeah. that you just uh, you yeah? I mean, again, it's it, brief. It's, they don't really milk it the way that some movies would. It's it's nineteen ninety four. It is a different time, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, this is where he goes to Redden's office and, yeah, and Bain's, comes clean. Yeah, and, well, and Baines also figures it out. So yeah. he storms in. And she's just got loose chimps sitting around <laughs> to, to witness all this. But you have another one of these two. So when Hess bolts, why is DeVito barreling around the university in his, like with a getaway car? I had that same thought. Well, here's, here was my thought oh, about got that. an idea. All I right. have an idea. because We've we got to salvage something here. He's, he is going there to tell her the truth, Right. So they must have thought that was going to go so badly that he was going to need an immediate getaway car. <laughs> he's an idea. He's driving on the quad. He's not. That's not a road. He's driving on pedestrian pathways on a quad. On a university I, quad. I had it because it's the same issue I had in Raw Deal when you know Arnold's character is in the in the cemetery in the shootout, 
and you know his the girlfriend or whoever it was just happens to has no idea where he's at but is there to drive the getaway car this is the same thing but i like your explanation that he knew that it was going to go badly and he was going to have to bail quickly uh, somehow yeah but that's i'm being somewhat facetious obviously somehow dan devito magically knows he's in trouble and he also knows that he needs to go into hiding because Arnold assaults Franklin Jella basically, and cops are chasing him. Yeah, so that's why he has to go into hiding, which is never resolved. He's still committed assault. Like, <laughs> he, a baby or no, like he's got to deal with that. It's like I have a baby now. I can't go to jail. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> it doesn't work that way at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, can we touch on? Because this is gonna, they're going to go into hiding. My body, my choice. <laughs> well, yeah. So we should probably talk about that. So yeah. I, I, yeah, because I mean, literally my note here is 18 lines of me going, just going, ugh. <laughs> That's like half a page of just ugh. It's it's appropriating like a, the kind of a political thing yes. that in, in a way that is really gross and also like inverting it in a way that's like the opposite of its meaning. No, you and, know what it, I mean? That's, yeah, and, and in, that's because Diana's line, I think, before this or shortly before this is that, you know, men don't have enough already. You're taking this away and then you're cutting to that line. Right. I mean, not directly to, but you know what I'm saying? Within like three minutes in the movie. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. You've got that. Right. Him saying, I'm going to keep my baby. So the exact opposite of what most people mean when they say that. So it's just like it it, it really feels like an appropriation in a really like not a, a, a way that is OK. I I can't fight you on that. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's kind of inconsistent with uh, Danny DeVito's character saying, like, ah, that's just so like a woman where, like, she was... Because earlier she's saying, oh, it's yep. so difficult to be a woman and wouldn't it be good if men was, were put in women's no, yeah. shoes? His line is, how many times are it that pregnant women will say, I wish a man could go through this, and now you do... Yeah, that, that's... Now you're going through it, and she's she's upset that yeah. you're, you're taking away... You know, this is the one thing that women have, and right. men are taking it away. And he's right... But the movie wrote the, her to be like that. It's like Danny DeVito's exactly 100% right. She early was talking about how difficult it is to be a woman, and now she's angry that he's giving childbirth and taking that away from women. Totally inconsistent, and he's pointing it out. But it's like, hey, screenwriter, just have her be a more consistent character. How about yeah. that? Well, she has one thing that's consistent is that she's a klutz. That's the only that's thing that's true. consistent. That never changes. Uh, that, so poor, that poor baby. <laughs> That baby's those, in trouble. With those two as parents? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, I mean, Arnold, not as much, but it's just like, you know, if there's ever a baby that's in danger of being dropped on its head. Oh, yeah, the clutchiness, you're right. I that baby's in trouble. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So they head into hiding, and we, again, this is another thing that probably wouldn't be done today or would definitely be criticized of him dressing up. Do you think it would be criticized? I, I I think that's you, you could still see a scene like this now. It would be handled totally differently. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I, I just got so worn down, and none of this was funny. I got so. I actually at at some point here in this, it was around the time of the montage. My notes just say, "The hell with this! I'm not taking any more notes." It's funny because I, I have almost I the exact role. same note. That's what I did. I, I've got. So wait, did you? Did oh you, wait, so wait. What did you do? I just. I wrote. I'm like the hell with this. Oh, no you stopped notes. taking notes. Yeah. Okay, I kept going. I, I soldiered on, but I do have a note right here saying there's 30 minutes left. I can't take it anymore. So, but I, I, I powered through. Here's the thing that I, I, the, I actually I did do that, but later. I think my note is, and they both have children in the end. <laughs> I, I didn't like. I like the last five minutes. I think. I so stopped. there were only two things that I took away from this, and that's when I just I'm like, you know what? There's nothing redeemable after this. Skylar White, yes, showing up, and then I've got an issue with Larry is 
the the guise is he needs to go up to seal the deal with the Linden Pharmaceuticals. He's going to be gone three or four days. This montage to me looks like <laughs> I didn't think about that yet. It was like three weeks he was gone. Yeah, it seems like he's been there a year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so much stuff happens. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a very packed schedule, I'm sure. They have got all, every kind of uh, activity imaginable. So, I, I, Skyler, which I had no idea that she was in this, uh, Anna Gunn, yeah. uh, was a somewhat pleasant surprise. Not that she has much to do in this movie. Well, there's another woman that I recognized and took me a while to figure out where I knew her from. Who? I finally had to just look her up on IMDb. Uh, I don't know her name. I didn't write oh. down. But <laughs> she, she's in A League of Their Own. Oh, is it the, the nurse, nurse who takes her up to her, takes her, her room? Upstairs. I can yes. I think yeah. isn't it um Gina is it Gina Davis's sister? No. No. No, that's Lori Petty. She's the one who goes with the two of them. Yes. Lori Petty and Gina Davis and her yes. are taken to like the they, I, they show up at the same time. I completely recognize the face now that you mention it, but I didn't at the time. She's the one uh, I remember the one thing I'm I'm imagining is it's the one where Gina Davis and Tom Hanks are sending conflicting signals and cut to her and she's like stepping in and out of the box and she doesn't know what to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me a while. I had to look it up, but, uh, All right. well, I'm, I'm going to let you run with your notes and I'll comment. Cause I honestly, that this was it after this montage, I was so furious. I'm like, I'm done with this. No, I mean, there's not that much to talk about. I mean, she's at this, she Arnold is at this retreat. So that's the thing. Like I, I, I think the thing you're talking about in terms of like, you know, him dressing up as a woman, and, tr- and posing as a woman and kind of everyone going along with it. I think the way they would portray it now is, is that he's not posing as a woman. He's posing as a transgendered woman. See, and, I think, and that, that's, I guess to me, that kind of gets to the appropriation thing too, is that I, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just a different time. I just, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would be better or worse. I, and maybe they wouldn't touch that. Maybe the studio would not, not want to That's what deal I think with is the issue. I think today they're just like we're not, we're not, we got to find another way to get there. We're not doing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I don't know if you know this, but originally this movie was supposed to end with the with Arnold's child not surviving. Really? That's the thing I think I, I there weren't a lot of details. I was trying to read as much as I could, but I think my impression is that the original ending was that there are complications that threatened his health and they basically had to end the pregnancy to, and it <laughs> became about abortion kind of, Oh wow! which would have made that my body, my choice line way worse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the studio was like, no, you're not doing that. This child survives. It's a happy ending. You're doing that. So you're you know? talking at the pre- the premise of this is as dumb and unfunny as it is. It's supposed to be like a family comedy. Or at least a romantic comedy. I mean, that's how it ended up. I wonder if. But what my point is, uh, well, how it ended, it's Ivan Reitman with the guys from Twins. I mean, and and Arnold right. from Kindergarten Cop. How is this not supposed to be a comedy? And that was what they were contemplating. I Abortion. Guess, I guess. I mean, I, I'm sure it would have been a very different movie. I'm sure it wouldn't wow. have been as lighthearted as it ended up being. Maybe not. Maybe it still would have had the klutzy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's what I read. I mean, maybe it's wrong. That maybe just the trivia sounds even worse. It's it's a fine line because I think I had a lot hard, a big problem with the way his pregnancy is portrayed as like everything's great. Your baby is so healthy. What? How is that possible? Well, even if you buy, it's not. It's not. If you're gonna do this, it should be like we need so much like resources Technology, to keep this baby yes. healthy. Yeah. yeah, and no, it's just like oh, everything's fine. You can just like do whatever you want. Like go to go to a dance. You know, <laughs> go to go to this for a pharmaceutical convention. <laughs> you know, 
uh, throw Frank Langella into a pile of boxes, <laughs> run to a getaway car, yeah, exactly. Like climb you, up a ladder. Th- this baby doesn't have a placenta to protect it. It's just bouncing off all its organs. He's running around. You would think this would be like uh, the most difficult pregnancy on earth. No, just everything. <laughs> I think I would have preferred if it was a little more like complications. That would at least be more realistic. Yeah, like maybe the baby is grabbing and tearing at his intestines, <laughs> right. and he's got internal bleeding. Yeah, something. Anyway, I mean, we. we can I mean, I'm stuff. just gonna. Yeah, what else? If anything, well, my my first note when he arrives here is why is this pregnancy resort? Their rooms are up a curved flight of stairs. I didn't think about that. Why is that? There's no elevator. Every time you see them, they're running up and down these stairs. Talk about That's, impractical. Yeah. Wow. So there's that. And it's, it's very male or masculine of me that I didn't even think of that. <laughs> How male? It's like you no, just need Emma Thompson to come in and chide no, you. No, I'm just saying, I mean, probably my wife would probably say, say would have noticed that. And I went, yeah, wow, I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's obvious I've never been pregnant, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what made me think of it, but... Uh, uh yeah, and there's the montage sappy song I wrote. Uh, I have a list of things they do. I don't know if we need to go through that. Are you going to use that sappy song to? No, nah, I, I, we'll see. I don't know I, what music we're going to use. Uh, and then yeah, Matt Thompson shows up. She's like, I'm not going to have a child with someone I've never slept with. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. I don't know. They just need to get together by the end. She, sh- I mean, she's justifiably really angry with him up to this point, and. Yeah. I don't know what's changed her mind. She kind of goes like, oh, I've been thinking about it. or I don't even know if she says that. She's still angry, but... It's a re- I mean, it really is a crappy thing that they've done to her. It, it's true, but it is not necessarily... I mean, he didn't know. I mean, in his defense. No, he right? didn't know. Yeah, so... But yeah, Danny DeVito... And the movie totally gives Danny DeVito the pass on it. It's, it's complete. I, he literally stole an egg. Yeah. And she now she has a child that she didn't intend. She had no plans to have... And, was not involved at all. Like, it wasn't even no, a thing. No, but it's perfect because they've fallen in love. Right, but they have to to make this a happy ending. Otherwise, she's got this child that she didn't want. It's not even, like, knocked up, like a movie like that, where it's like, well, they have this child, but it's because of a consequence of their actions. She's done. She has done nothing yeah. to deserve this unwanted child. But now, yeah, she wants it because the movie has to have a happy ending. So now she, I'm going to be the best mother. We'll figure it out. It's like, No. You're not going to be a good mother. I can tell. You can barely take care of these chimps, Emma Thompson. <laughs> At some point, DeVito says it's amazing that she's still alive. So it thinks about that. That's true. She can barely take care of herself. A baby. Oh, man. Well, the baby has to be somewhat indestructible that it survived without a womb. <laughs> that's true. It's, this is like the origin story of Superman. I was going to say, it's actually Cal Allen there. Yeah, this is the, it's like, uh, no, you know who it is? It's Bruce Willis in uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. This You're is, right. This is where he came from. That's the origin story he was, he, he, his, he was so unprotected because there was no womb around him to protect him. His body just had to react, and he became, like, made of steel. So, I mean, I know the, the, the race is wrong, but do you think then the um, Angela and Larry's? Oh, it's Mr. Glass. It's Mr. Glass. <laughs> because of all the drugs that the personal trainer <laughs> right. in Aerosmith was doing? Right. Yeah, it could be. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and my question is, why do they let the patients lock the doors in a maternity like, a, resort when they could very easily go into contractions and need to be helped? Yeah, but whatever. I don't know. They they pulled the switcheroo on Langella. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Where he's humiliated and then fired. 
It's like on the spot. Yeah, doesn't he have a tenure? Probably he's an administrator, so I don't actually oh, think he would. That's probably true. I don't think he actually is a, an instructor. There. I still have to think that a university there'd be a whole rigmarole. My, like, I, he probably has like a contract that they might have to buy out, but I maybe. do think they could probably fire him. And maybe he's in breach of contract by pulling this stunt because he, he pull he calls all the press. Yeah, a, ma- a male pregnancy. But he only reveals that when the press arrives. Like, what did he tell? The press are just showing up. They don't know what the story is. Like, we got all, a hot scoop. The whole city is there. Like, something's <laughs> going on. <laughs> An administrator from the university says he's got a hot scoop. Yeah, he's got news. And he hasn't. Like, he must have told them more. It, than was, that. it was a lot of media too. Oh, yeah, it was like the whole town showed up. Every news outlet in San Francisco. Yeah, and was it San Francisco? I thought yeah, so. Yeah, it's San Francisco. They never make it clear. Maybe wake up, wake up, San Francisco. <laughs> they were probably there. Everybody's there. I mean, they're pulling in from you know like Reno and stuff, from miles away. And the you're right. The diversion is Angela, who's just a run of the mill pregnant woman. Yeah, she's a decoy. But then of course she goes into labor. And yeah, what's his name? The the creepy guy is there to help. What was his name? Ned. Size noodles. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, we actually skipped over it. The the um, nurse that works for Doctor Ned and Doctor Larry is Janice Soprano. Yes, yes. I figured. I, I forgot. I'm surprised you forgot because you're a way bigger Soprano yeah, fan. Jan- I, to be Tony's honest, sister, right? Tony's sister. Yeah. And I had never seen anything that I remembered with her in it. She's pretty high build. She was like sixth bill or something. Yeah. She's, I mean, it's not a huge role, but she appears multiple times. Yeah. Whatever they they do a C section on Arnold and the ex wife Diana Drito's ex wife gives birth and now there's. They have children, and then one year later, and they're on a beach eating cake. Uh, with, can you explain it? Here's the thing I want to know. I understand they tried to swap the gender thing with Arnold and his feelings, and Emma Thompson dresses as manly as she can. Can you explain? Just uh, throughout the movie, you mean, or just oh, yeah. in this last scene? No, throughout the movie. Look at the scene that we have up on the screen right now. She is, I didn't necessarily interpret it as manly. I oh, just interpreted it as like frumpy. No, absolutely. Everything are pants. And and but every outfit she has is not feminine, is masculine. I, I agree, it's not feminine, but I wouldn't. I, I wasn't no. looking at it and thinking it was masculine. I no. just thought it was just like I. Th- I think it is. She's like she's dowdy. She's like a librarian. That's not a librarian, man. It's like a pantsuit. I mean, th- she's yeah. I can see where you're coming from. But so then, the last scene, her hair is just completely chopped off. Yeah, I did notice that. So we, I, are we supposed to... I mean, I know it's I, a year I, later, but why? She got pregnant and well, she decided to cut her hair? I wonder if they, they had to do reshoots after the studio said, you can't have your abortion ending. Oh, probably. And she, she had, had cut her hair for something Some else. other movie or yeah, something. Might, that might be what it was. Actually, I, I wonder if she was wearing a wig. Like Maybe they had to reshoot the childbirth scene. And uh, I'd actually I'd be curious to see if it looks like she's wearing a wig. Your point is she's I'm dressed just, more femininely well, now that, that yeah, she's pregnant. She, yeah, that's the thing is it seems like then the roles reverse back in that final scene, and she's way more feminine. And Arnold is, I mean, he's not you know Arnold Schwarzenegger masculine, but right. not nearly as feminine as he was. He's when, not wearing a pink dress. It's no. like based on that. Yeah, you know, I didn't notice it, but I mean, maybe I, I you know I didn't really dig deep mentally into like the gender politics of this movie and what it's trying to say it's just these things do tend to come sometimes from like biases that screenwriters aren't aware of and things like that we've talked about that sort of thing before i mean whatever it may be some kind of very somewhat uh conservative just viewpoints kind of saying like well now they can now that that crazy thing happened they can get back to being a man and a woman like archie bunker said (laughs) you know well, that uh, I'm glad we discussed the year of 1994 before because this just was just awful. I mean, I 
in so many ways. I regret in some ways that we decided to do every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing today before we started. Just like this almost makes me wish we, as, as big fans we are of a lot of these movies, this almost offsets all of it. It's almost. I almost feel like we're, we're two episodes away from the end. It almost makes me want to quit. <laughs> so we're we're right at the finish line. It's like this took so much out of me. Can you imagine if we did that? <laughs> we, should, we should just do it. Just just like I would almost get a sick, uh, you know, satisfaction out of it. We're uh, so close. But the thing I is, want, I, I do want to watch Terminator Genesis again. Yeah, so so we may as well we may as well finish. And I, I really don't remember anything about pumping iron. So maybe that will be fun. Maybe it won't. I don't know. So that'll be next because we've already kind of set. Yeah, um, that's it. I mean, it's pumping pump- iron and then Terminator Genesis, Genesis and we've re- reached the end. So I, you know, I'm I kind of wondered if we had wound up doing this early on, like <laughs> if, if we had quit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, we were smart to to put it near the end. Yeah, I mean, it was almost inevitable. Which 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 of us would ever pick this movie voluntarily? Oh, I don't. I I I mean, the comedies in general, I wasn't all that excited about. I was a little disappointed in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, agreed. But I was pleasantly surprised. Like, Jingle All the Way, like, looking back, like, wow, Jingle All the Way was way better than I thought. And it's probably higher up on the list than I ever would have guessed. Not just in comedies, but in general. Totally agree. Yeah, Jingle All the Way is so... I mean, because it's fun. Yeah, in a way that... This is not fun, clearly. Oh, not at all. But it, even like twins and kindergarten cop, like the Ivan Reitman stuff is just, it tends to be very kind of dour and like overly serious for a comedy, even yeah. the good ones. Yeah, well, I mean, the first one we did was twins, and we're talking about you know, the, the, <laughs> right. the comedic stylings of eugenics. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you've got eugenics, you've got child kidnapping, and you've got, you've got you know, abortion. That's yes. essentially what these three movies are about. Yeah. Well,. That's right. Junior. The, the good news is it's done. We never have to watch and or discuss it ever again. That is true. I'm sure till the day both of us die, neither of us will ever no. watch this movie again. And, and I, the only takeaway that I'll note on this, if, having done it, I am. it was interesting for me that you looked it up and that there actually were good reviews of this. Yeah. That is shocking to me. It, Three and a half stars by Roger Ebert. I could not believe it. I mean, I, it's honestly, a half star from a perfect score. I was just going to say... Even on a scale of a hundred stars, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. This is this isn't hyperbole. Yeah. I'm not sure I would give it three and a half in a hundred star rating. It's one of those things like I'd seen it probably. I don't know when the last. I mean, I watched it like a month ago, knowing <laughs> it was coming up. I think I needed to build myself a cushion of just like I gotta get this out of the way as soon as possible. <laughs> Otherwise, just watching it because you know we typically watch it twice. Yeah. Uh, did you watch this one twice or just once? Sadly, yes, I did. Yeah, and usually I watch it just to get an impression, and then you we dig deeper. I knew I needed to build some buffer. <laughs> I was like, I can't watch this like twice in a week. <laughs> I need to condition myself. Yeah, I need to get the first viewing out of the way fast just to like, see what I think of it in general. So, but prior to that, I probably saw. The one and only time I saw it was probably five years ago or so, five or six years ago, and I couldn't remember a thing <laughs> about this movie. It's like so, other than I'm hating it, I remember thinking like, that was bad. But you know, a month ago when I sat down to watch it again, it was just like I don't, I don't know what happens in this movie. I know I've seen it, remember nothing. There's like so little to remember. You know, even the bad stuff. It's like it's it's like it's so aggressively unwatchable when you're watching it. It's interesting that it doesn't really stick, though. It's almost like we talked about earlier with Batman and Robin. It's like, that's 
unwatchable in a lot of ways, but you remember the things the, that happened. Thing, yes, the things that are bad and even good. The few good things that are in there, it's right. at least memorable. It's memorable. I mean, I, I guess probably it's perfect that the you know the how did this get made podcast uses the you know cover art to this movie. <laughs> yes, for them. Is there anything that could be worse than this movie that they could cover? Maybe there is, but this has to be right there with it. It's funny is they they didn't get around to this movie for a long time. I never I didn't listen to it because I didn't want to like uh, accidentally you know like yeah. seep in where I think it's my opinion, but I'm just par- I, oh I, they said the thing and I'm yeah. I, I'm repeating it. So I'm not I, I'm interested to go back and listen to it. I may the thing the thing is about that I so I just happened to notice because I wondered I remember this the cover art being the cover for for that yeah. so i wanted to look see when that episode was done they just did the running man i yeah. listened to it i gotta tell you i think we did a better job on the running man <laughs> i'm not gonna say that it's a very successful podcast i'm I, not gonna put us up against them all right it might be success- they didn't like it that's the thing well yeah whatever i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say we're better than how did this get made i'm just here's the thing i've listened to a few i gotta tell you if they weren't celebrities sorry I, I don't don't knock other podcasts on, just, our, on our podcast. I'm just can I not voice my opinion? <laughs> Those guys suck. We're better than them. They suck. I, I look. I won't go so far as to say we're better than them. But what do you want to go out and like, do like an anchorman fight with them? Like what is this hostility? It's a, what I mean, whatever. It's don't don't knock other podcasts. It would be nice to be a celebrity. I'll just leave it at that. I like the show anyway. But in, that's 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 our show. That's our show. No bodies, no puns. I'm sure you could intuit that. I thought maybe the milk section. She's like, oh, not the milk, the dairy section. I kind of had that too, but I'm like, you know what? I don't no. want to give this, have this come up on any count for any reason. No. no, it's it's such a, I mean, it's like every joke. It's just like, is that a pun? Is that a joke? No. No, nothing is clear. Let's be done. That's the, that's, yeah, let's, let's be done. I agree. So that's, that's, uh, so it's supposed episode. to be my pick. I'll just say it's not a pick. It's what has to come next because we're almost at the end. So we will be doing pumping iron for our next episode. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. Much better than this. I, I remember liking Pumping Iron. I'm looking forward to it. Not as much of a documentary I've learned since I've seen it. Hmm, I've okay. learned it's a li- it's more fictionalized than I knew when I saw it okay. originally. All right. It's, you know, the competition was real, whatever, Mr. Olympia, whatever. But yeah. the documentary parts, I think it's important to go in knowing that. Just like they're yeah. kind of acting in a lot of those scenes. It's a little unsolved mysteries where they maybe reenact some stuff and or make up some stuff. That could be too. I'm not sure if they're reenacting, but yeah. yeah. Um, you know, not like a re- reality. It's not. It's not hoop dreams. Just put it that way. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's the show. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. I predict in about five weeks I will be putting some YouTube content up. It's so amazing. Keep, keep an eye on our YouTube. It's amazing how that timing is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <laughs> what date could that be? <laughs> If you uh, enjoy the show, please like us and rate us, write a favorable review for us on your podcast app of Joyce or even on YouTube in the comments section. And uh, I have one uh, last order of business, which is the rule in a crisis situation. <laughs> it was funny. I forgot that <laughs> we had that left. It's like, oh, God, I pity you to have to think of something. So luckily, I'm I, sorry this ended up being your job because of situations like this. Oh, yeah, it was tough, but uh, it wound up actually being it, it got tough that I just said, well, like, like I said, I just cut my notes and said, I'm done. I'm writing the rule and I'm done. So my rule was in a crisis, always create a diversion so you can get away. I guess uh, Frank Langella being tossed into boxes is a diversion, and then at the end, yes, multiple. It, it was really the it was the the one at the end is really what what I was basing it on. Wasn't there another one similar? I feel like there's another another rule that was like that. I don't remember. Uh, Probably not. So I was afraid. I had to go and look because I'm okay. like, please, I really don't have to come up with another one. I was afraid. 
that escape plan might have had something like that. Yeah, what was it? Uh, that was always have a plan B. Okay. Um, okay, that's that, yeah, that, that's different. And your plan B can be a diversion if you so choose. Uh, you yes. can overlap. You can use two rules at the same time. And then I was also concerned. Raw deal. Raw deal. Though it was though that if you know you're going to fake your own death. Uh, make sure you have a getaway vehicle or okay. something along those lines. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Maybe Danny DeVito thought he was faking his own death. Maybe he thought that's what was happening. <laughs> that's why he had to peel away in he the park. He was following line. the raw deal uh, rule. All right. So that's, that's your rule. It, it, here, I'll put it this way. It's probably my worst rule, but you know what? This is the worst movie, so that's fine. I think it's a fine rule. I just, I just was worried it was, there was a lot of overlap, but no, I, think, I think you're good. I think I'm covered. That's the show. We'll be back with Pumping Iron. <laughs> That'll probably be at the end of the show. <laughs> You're just going, oh, it's so brutal. <laughs> it's done. You're the end of the rainbow, my pot of gold, your daddy's little girl. Yeah.